It is a Monday edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. The 50-50, I fucking wish, mate. I wish I was 10 years ago and I was nice and young and spry and alive. It is the 532nd edition of said podcast. Coming to you on a Monday because the weekend is just too effing loaded for us to, uh, uh, to waste time podcasting on it. Uh, so we've come back to here for a Monday show. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joined, as always, by Paul Oker and... Joe Good evening, both. And for I think like the second time in a year, which is an incredible record for us, I think we're going to kick things off with wrestling talk. I was away. just thinking about that today, actually thinking, what was the first time we did? Because I know recently we did that too. It was something AEW. I can't remember what it was. It was something AEW, obviously. Um, it was hard, it was hardly. Did you get a load of fucking? Did you? Can you believe Shotzi and Knox beat Tamina and Natalia again on SmackDown? Oh my god! They gotta be. They gotta be. That's gotta be a, a you know top contender match on the way. Um, I can't remember what it is though. Yeah, it's actually kind of annoying. It's escaping me now. Um, uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I suppose we we should kick things off. And really, there is no other place than to kick off with, other than the return of one. Charles Montgomery Punk. Yes. I thought you were going to do the fake out and say Brock Lesnar, but I—I I mean, listen, I could have. I mean, yeah. in terms of in terms of who looked better, it might have to be might have to be Brock. <laughs> now, I, you know, you know like, like wasn't rocking jeans and shoes, you know. <laughs> but like AEW, you had the chance to do the the fake out twisty turn gimmick, and instead you just did it. You, you did it straight. Like straight edge CM Punk. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll chat about uh, CM Punk. Just so I, I don't think either did you curiosity either of you stay up to watch it. Oh yeah, yes. Oh, you both did. Okay, wow. I don't know how I. Well, you know what? That it would actually it makes sense that I that I I I, I don't recall because it was like ten years ago. It was like. Everyone I knew was fucking watching it on all sides of the world. Everyone was going fucking mental. Everyone was going absolutely mental about it. Every group chat was popping about it. It was absolutely manic. Uh, and of course, everyone was was super jealous of those actually in attendance. So um, uh, obviously, uh, following up from our last podcast, um, they didn't say it on Dynamite. They actually did nothing on Dynamite. They didn't. They didn't even do another hint. They literally just said, "You know, yeah. it's the big show on on Friday." We got. They 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 stuck to their guns on it, um, and uh, as as if most people assumed, they opened the show with CM Punk. Would have been very silly to do anything otherwise. I feel, and uh, they did not listen to any of the terrible cretinous fantasy bookings. <laughs> all the shit ideas. All the shit ideas about. Well, I'll tell you what, I should have. He's a fucking oh, MJF. MJF comes out on the flight of music, and he says, oh, "You expected somebody else." <laughs> you know, didn't do any of that. Didn't. Uh... One thing I thought they might have done, and like I wouldn't have hated it, but in hindsight, I'm glad they didn't do it. I thought Darby would come out, and then Punk would come out, or something like that. But they they kept it. They did actually fucking the exact thing I said during the week. I wanted them to do mm. is that he just he just came out. He just came out and he soaked it all up and he cut his promo. Um, I think they yeah. knew the crowd were at fever pitch going into the show, and so keeping them waiting for twenty minutes that would have just dampened it down. Like, what was the point? You know, just give it, yeah. give them what they want straight away. Don't fuck yeah. us around. It's not. Don't overthink it. 
play the music, send the man out, have the yeah. moment. It, it was works. very, like like we said last week, Hogan, when he came out on SmackDown the one time, it was basically that. Um, they let the the crowd just chant for a while before they even played the music. And then, of course, it was Cult of Personality, as had been um, theorized. And then they let that play a little while until the, the good bit, the chorus. And then he came out. And although I know it was like perfectly timed and perfectly executed, I don't know why, but in the back of my head, the thing that came up was that one time Vampiro was on commentary. <laughs> You're muted, ah. by the way. And he was like, yeah. Play the Jesus Christ, fucking play the music already. Oh, I love I just watched that recently and I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it's kind of like, do you not know that you're on the, like, you're on commentary, so you must know that the audience hears you doing that. He's anyway, fucking. I don't yeah. want to bring the attention to Vampire. No, 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 For whatever reason, that flashed in my mind. But, um, I mean, yeah, the... go ahead, Barry. No, I was going to say, because you mentioned about Cult of Personality, the other thing that was like, feverishly debated was, you know, should he come out to something else? I, I was thinking, like, Cult of Personality is probably my least favorite of his songs, but, like, whatever, it's a good song, it's fine for an entrance. My thinking was that if you're a big nerd like Tony Khan, mm-hmm. do you not want to do the WWE song? Do you know what I mean? Like, like if you buy, like, less people would know the ROH song, but at the very least, you're not doing the WWE thing. But... Once it was one of those things. Then the benefit of hindsight. Once once they do it, you're like, there was no other way to do it than to use use the most famous song. That's that's the that was the right play, and they 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 made it. You know? Yeah, I mean, he has used that song elsewhere as well. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, not least of all his his ill fated UFC run. Yeah, um, but no, I I think again in hindsight it had to be that um, only in so far as it. I, I think even more than this fire. Uh, Burns. It's it's the song that people associate with him the most, you know. Well, as we talked like about it... last week, I think it was off air, but I could, I forgot his old song. Like, I couldn't even remember what it was. Yeah, we were singing it. Came on. We were singing. It's a shame it. the listeners missed that gold nugget. That golden nugget. Was singing the Kill Switch Engage punk <laughs> theme. But um, you know, it would be as if they if they signed the Rock and he came out to a, t- a theme that started with something other than if you smell what the Rock is cooking. You know, it would be yeah. madness. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I mean, from the time he came out on the stage to the time they went to commercial break, I thought it was pretty perfect um, from mm-hmm. every little detail, from the how long they left it until they played the music, from the Titantron video and the way that was done, um, to the guy, the oh my God guy in the crowd. Who I can't wait to follow at at oh my god CM Punk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's gonna do that. Um, but um, he, although... he 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 was perfect in that little role. He was perfect there. It made me more excited that he was so excited. Although I I will say, and I I missed this the first time. I only noticed this on one of my many rewatches, which I'm sure we've all done. Someone pointed it out. The fucking Brock Lesnar guy. I, know, I saw him right. looking directly <laughs> into the camera. Oh. <laughs> like oh my god dude you're seeing like people give out about people looking at it going to gigs and looking at them through their phone screen i'm like well whatever that's a you know whatever like people yeah. have been taking photos since the beginning of photography i don't care about that but you're looking down the fucking 4k camera that's recording this for national television like dude and, he, and you were front row he was right next to you the guy was right next to you what are you doing oh anyways it was, it that's was him and uh, it was frank the clown Next At least the clown hugged him. Got the hug, him and, yeah. You know, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I agree. That was maybe the one thing that I was. I you know we do that during the commercial break, maybe. So I, I don't need to be looking at Frank Lesnar guy doing his little whatever he does with that same T-shirt he's had for a decade. Um, but no, everything in that little that that little period I think was was perfect. And then when they went to break. I was like, fuck, that's so clever as well, because that gives everyone a minute and a half to be calling their friends. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Same fucks on it. Or on WhatsApp. They're probably not calling them anymore, but on the WhatsApp group. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and plus it'd probably be very hard to uh, to be he- heard in that uh, uh, in that um, building. So, I mean, I mean, I, these, this is, I've, I always feel like this is such a nebulous debate and it's impossible to actually quantify. But, you know, I, would you agree? I mean, it's definitely up there all time, like best reactions of, of a crowd. Uh, funnily enough, probably with CM Punk's other really famous one, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's always hard to tell. Like, you think back, I always, I always mark it against, um, you know, the Mick Foley, Rock, Austin coming out with the chip. That To me, that's yeah. like the biggest of all time. It probably isn't. But in my mind, that's like the benchmark. And I, I never feel like pop. I don't know if it's the arenas, the sound. I never feel pops are quite as big as they were in that period. But it probably mm. was, and it was sustained. I mean, they went through like four or five different CM Punk chants in the space of four minutes. Like it was huge. Um, yeah, it did. It did feel as big as anything we can remember, really, in terms of the moment. Yeah. And I mean, I think you have to give AW credit for that as well, for whatever way the arena was mic'd, etc. The, the atmosphere came through the camera really well. And that's so, not something you could always say about AEW, especially in the earlier days. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 I, I don't want to get into hyperbole and exaggeration because I understand there's also maybe a bit of a recency bias given we're still riding yeah. the high from Friday mm. night. But um, yeah, it, it was like jumping out of the TV. It was like I was there. That's how excited I was. Mm. Um and that, that excitement pretty much started when we stopped recording last week and I was all giddy about it. That pretty much continued that feeling through Friday. Oh, yeah. So come yeah. Friday night, I was like the oh my God guy, just ready to yeah. explode. Like, it was, was, it like was like Christmas. Christmas. It was Christmas. Christmas. It was. It was wrestling <laughs> Christmas. It was. <laughs> when you know what you're getting, you know you're getting an N64, but you yeah. don't know. You don't know. It's, it's wrapped. You don't know it's in there. But you know you're getting it. Oh, there's there's our the Nintendo 64 kid, but it's CM Punk. (laughs) (laughs) He grew up to be the crying CM Punk man. (laughs) Oh, he was perfect as well. He was great. He was great, and it was kind of like there was. It's funny to think that AEW is only a couple of years old because I remember early on those first couple of pay per views they did before they had TV. The production was a problem. Yeah, missing the ad shot here or there, audio mixing not great, cut backstage, the mics muted, little shit like that. For this, they had the wide pan before Punk came out. When Punk came out, they had another wide pan that then faded into him. Fucking perfect shot. And then it was, from watching it back there like just yesterday, it's actually a one-two punch because they have the shot of the crying guy and then they cut back and then the next second, Punk does the dive into the crowd. And that you're like, great. oh, this is great. This is fucking great. And it's like, it was, it was like being, it was a through the TV moment. It was honestly like, it was, and, and it, that's, that's just punk in a way. He's always had an intangible thing that you can't almost describe. It's not just his talking or just his drifting or just this. Mm. There's something about him that's almost hard to really put your finger on that makes it feel a little bit realer. And that, that that's was... what my next point was going to be. The realness of it is that, you know, wrestling at its best is when you can 
suspend your disbelief and you get lost in it and you forget about the backstage machinations and the 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 fake and the the, the predetermined nature of it. And you can just watch it and oh my god, this is this is real in, insofar as wrestling can be real. But everything about that segment felt real. And so yeah. that only amplified, that only you know accentuated the excitement of it as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think people were really riding a high. I know live, literally, as it was happening, a friend of mine said that they, you know, he was like, drink it in. This is one of the great pro wrestling moments, and I kind of have to agree. Yeah. I th- and thinking about it the next day, there was so much to chew on and really think about. And I, I definitely realized, because the, the whole weekend was spent thinking about this, and I was kind of like, what? There's so much more to this than... It's great because a guy everyone likes signing to the new company is so much more than that. It was really felt like the chickens coming home to roost in what AEW as a company. You kind of forget it's about them because there's two separate things happening here. There's like Punk's gone to AEW and this Punk is back in general. You yeah. know what I mean? They are, they're almost two separate things. And you kind of, oh, it's only after the shock and the awe of it all and you really start to think about it. You really start to think of what this means to AEW as a company, right? And as a pro wrestling alternative. And you're like, you know, it doesn't feel like WWE is a place for a, not just Punk himself, but a person like Punk. It just doesn't fit in there anymore. It's just not mm-hmm. the way he does things. I just, earlier today, I re-listened to the infamous Colt Cabana podcast, and he basically said so himself. He's like, it's just not, it's not conducive to what he is. And it's, you know, he goes to, to AEW, and he, he goes there, and he cuts, and he just says what he wants. He says he doesn't plan it. It wasn't this thing where, you know, he had to go out and say certain things. He just went out and had it himself. It was just a, it was a big it was a big, um, it kind of felt like the conclusion of the first chapter of their entire existence, if that makes sense. Yeah. Getting Punk is now the end, because there was a, a, the, the Voices Wrestling lads have made a great point about this uh, ever since the Punk hyperbole started. Even though he's never been an AEW guy, he, he felt like their movement started with CM Punk 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like... Even though, even though when AEW started, he was not even humoring the idea of coming back. There was always this thing in the air that AEW have to get CM Punk. For some reason, people never humored the idea of Impact. They never really humored the New Japan idea. As soon as AEW became a thing, it was like, they need to get CM Punk. There's something about those two entities that has to come together. And I think, yeah, that's, that is almost like a bookend to their first chapter now, is that they got him. So now, now what's next, you know? Yeah. Well, now Tony no. Khan comes out and does his phase two timeline. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch AEW Plus, make sure you check out Janela, a 10-part series. <laughs> oh, God. And oh. Which, which at some point will cross over with Dynamite, so you get paid off, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, we, you know, he finally got into the ring, gave... Um, Again, a very real feeling promo, and in the sense of it feeling real, I thought that the fact that it was kind of not meandering, but kind of meandering in his thoughts, that it would kind of ping pong mm-hmm. from one topic to the next. I thought that worked in its favor as well. Um, I think the worst thing would have been if he if he just felt like he was rattling off a script, which is as we know is not or, yeah, or doing the um, the typical impact promo of. You know the guy that's left WWE, <laughs> and then goes on to talk. Oh, fucking, I'm real now. I've left WWE. I'm yeah. doing it. Like he did. He, he didn't really acknowledge them that much. He no, he only it. made one remark, which was when he said that he he when he left Ring of Honor, he felt like he left pro wrestling. Hmm. And now he's back, which you can read into that. That well, 
WWE isn't pro wrestling, which they themselves have put that idea forward. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think of that as some kind of hit piece. Um, I like, yeah, he focused more on the future, which I think was really struck. That was good, yeah. Talking about the talent in AEW, talking about how he feels to be back and it's why he's come back and he's excited. Yeah, I think that was much more. And it was it was very concise as well. It wasn't like a 30-minute long boring meandering promo like kept it was 10 minutes you know it was perfect length it set up the match with Darby it wasn't just oh I'm back great blah 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 it was okay I'm back and I'm gonna wrestle Darby Allen at the pay-per-view you know that's yeah. the that's why I'm back set it up yeah. immediately he did um ha- I don't want to call it half apologize but he he gave an apology of sorts for the fact that he had to go away when he did but kind of justified it by look he he needed it for himself you know yeah, I mean, I'd like to say, you know, if, if any of the personal comments I've made in the last seven years about CM Punk have upset <laughs> him or made him feel uncomfortable, I understand that. But I hope that he understands that it was very sad to see someone that you love, admire, respect uh, getting punched in the face um, in a UFC cage and just <laughs> <laughs> doing other really stupid shit when he could have been doing this the whole time. But we get it. We understand. Well, that's that's another thing that. I, I never really like put a huge amount of thought into, but the the fact of that the the UFC stint really hasn't hurt or affected his star power in no, any meaningful no. way whatsoever. And I think you know on on the flip side of that, I think he's kind of the UFC thing is also so long ago now mm. that it's almost forgotten about. You know, it's it's not a fresh wound. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, he also at one point unveiled his brand new CM Punk T-shirt, uh, an obvious yes. homage to the uh, the Chicago 2011 one. Yeah, uh, very Pro- nice. Co- copyright WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very brazen. Um, <laughs> the website, of course. Well, I I understand why they do it. AEW's got to get their own website that's not PWTs. Come on, let's let's fucking let's get professional here. Let's yeah, uh, and not ju- not not just for this particular like this week, but just in general. I was like e- the URL just redirects to their PWT. That's terrible. Get get a get a site, get a real site. Um, but it was dead then for uh, a day. Came back up after a day. I I didn't get it at first. I was not one of those people pressing refresh. But then I was like. <laughs> I want this fucking shirt, and so then I and then I went and they're like, "Oh, you're in Europe. Go to Euro Shop AEW." That site was down after the American uh, one came back up. Yes. I eventually got it to work. So um, the the I this and this is two thousand. It's it is two thousand eleven again. I did this exact thing. I remember when the 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 WWE when he got the the Money in the Bank one. That took about six months to get to me, and I don't know if anyone and anyone else listening got it. That was shit quality as well. Those shirts were horrible. Um, so hopefully uh, AEW is uh, has upped their game. Uh, I suppose the other story of the of of the night was that after his promo, he revealed the shirt during the promo, and then of course the shirt was on sale. Uh, no, I, I won't say like half the audience because it wasn't that big, but thousands of people did go to the merch table. There was pictures of Q's like four people <laughs> wide snaking up the stairs. Uh, it was did, like they, you getting into WrestleMania that one year. It was very much like that. It was like yeah, they. They um and they sold out obviously of the shirts, uh because kind of like Money in the Bank they were special shirts with the date on it and it was kind of an I was there that was the phrase in fact they used, mm-hmm. um those at one point were going for as high as three hundred quid on eBay, 
I'm like, do people not just get stuff to enjoy it anymore? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, there's also, swear to fucking God, used wrappers off the ice cream. Uh, which I and there was one there was one eBay seller who was had a picture of like six and I and I was like this one hundred percent went through the bins one hundred percent went through the bins to get them you did not get six ice creams you did not get six ice creams um, so that was that was kind of hilarious um, but yeah he did wrap up the promo by by making good on his ice cream promise from from ten years ago yeah uh, and it came out then in the days since that was out of his own pocket he went to a local chicago ice cream maker they whipped all this stuff up he had this he said he had this idea for years he said it like two years ago he wanted to do it but obviously he hasn't been back in wrestling and so he did that and so they they handed out fifteen thousand uh ice cream bars um which again it's just so the point has been made so many times before wwe just leaves these ones go they get thrown all these softballs and they completely whiff on them by by design they don't bother going for them mm-hmm. and it just allows AEW to just swoop in and just get them they like when did when punk said that in the 2011 he left in, they had four years to do that even once as a joke they had four years to do it they went back to chicago six times he won the title twice they had all these opportunities to do that not once did they even do it as a joke uh, and so, of course, AEW and Punk came in and they did it of their own volition. It's just that's that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Like, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're not the only one who did a little T-shirt shopping. Go on. After the oh, I had to get my own little CM Punk T-shirt, didn't I? <laughs> uh, the the shirt, the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I was gonna say you're not gonna be. I, I I remember every time I look at his his when he was before he signed, he had a shirt store. Every time I looked at his PWT T-shirt, it was some of the worst shit imaginable on there. I mean, he's terrible. Yeah. Like, like everyone else on PWT is just awful fucking parody shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I think of like, this is a whole other topic, maybe for another day. But when I think of, you know, the all time best wrestling T-shirts, both in both in terms of like being like iconic, but also <laughs> wearable and not fucking hideous as yeah. a lot of them are you know austin 316 uh bullet club um and cm punk that cm punk one from 2011 regardless of the quality of the shirt barry mm. um so i've never owned any of those so this is my first one i like i really like the look of the new one and mm. really really like it so i i did i and, and i also you know i also believe whether it's wrestling films games whatever uh very much you know supporting the 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 people and the the companies that you you enjoy you know so they gave me this moment that i really enjoyed uh and i felt like i've kind of given back in a little way you know by buying a t-shirt so i also bought a pentagon t-shirt as well because i like the look of it Mm. and i figured if i'm paying the shipping on one i might as well buy two I I had that exact same rationale. I bought a Doctor Britt Baker DMD shirt. Wait, DMD, um, and it's actually I don't think it's the one I've ever seen her wear on TV. It must just be one they were just like was make this, it's like white with like her picture of her against the cityscape. I I was like I don't want a black one. I've got my wardrobe yeah. is overflow. I just I just threw out a load of black wrestling T-shirts. I'm trying my hardest to not get another one. So I she's never even worn this shirt on TV. I don't think, but I'm like whatever. I'll just get it. Um. Yeah, uh, the other thing on Punk I thought was just that when it came time to sell the Derby match, I was like, oh my God, he can do that mm-hmm. as well. He can still, he can yeah. fucking sell a match, um, which is the other exciting thing about, like, it hasn't even really set in this, like, 
Well, now he's on TV every week. Like he's yeah. we're back to having CM Punk on television in a company where he can just cut promos and just do that stuff. Um, now he's going to be able to do that stuff. Um, very excited. What or very curious what Wednesday is going to be. I can't imagine it's going to be anything too revelatory. Um, I know it's not quite the same, but like for some reason, all that came to my mind was when they had Kenny show up on Impact. And then the next night on Dynamite, he did the exact same promo for the Dynamite audience. I realize this is a bit different, but I hope Punk doesn't just do another. Hey. I, 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 you know what? I actually, I don't want another, hey, I'm here thing. Like you've done right. that now. You've done that now. You've said you're here. Um, right. I don't want, I don't want the welcome back speaking tour. I want pro wrestling. Cut a promo. You're facing Derby. Cut a promo on Derby. Cut a promo on Sting. You know, um, but yeah. Um, uh, the YouTube video of the the intro, the entrance, mm. five point five million views. Is that what it's at? Jesus. Yeah, we're still waiting for the ratings for Rampage. I'm interested to see if they how well Should they come do in during the course of this show. I'd imagine yeah, at, at ten p ten p.m. slot on a Friday night. Any anywhere. You know, approaching a million, I think, would be great. Mm. Anything above that would be exceptional. Mm. Um, I think I, I don't remember what number I especially said, but I think while we were watching it, so you know, allow allow for this with the, I had I had the uh, the excitement beer goggles on, but um, <laughs> I think I predicted they would be within like eight hundred and fifty thousand of SmackDown's number or something like that. That maybe that's crazy, but um. Mm. It's not too crazy. We'll see. We'll see. Look, looking we'll see. at the interest as well on like Google yeah. Trends, yeah. it was up there. It was five hundred thousand searches, which was the same as SummerSlam, which is also yeah. the biggest shows of the year for WWE. So I think there was significant. But of course, what we're going to get is SmackDown will beat Rampage in the ratings, and you know you'll have um, I at I love Seth. X <laughs> will be like, um, oh, CM Punk is obviously not that good then. It's like, you know, SmackDown's on network TV. And yeah, no, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, it's okay, just it's not the look, same. Looking Boy, for, you know, uh, uh, the second episode of a TV show from a two year old company at 10 p.m. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to see what it does. It, the, I mean, because it's one, it's one of those ones where there's like a bunch of like analysis of the preliminary numbers and individual markets have announced. And so people are trying to measure that against what the overall number could be uh, because mm. it's like it's it's like, again, kind of the, the shitty times like kind of makes it more interesting because it's like it all signs are pointed. To it's going to do a banging number for that time at night on the worst night of the week. So what does that then mean for Punk Weekly on Dynamite? So it is. Yeah, well, I think Dynamite is going to ride that wave, presumably, big time. Because yeah, they, they they announced he's going to be on Dynamite with a big picture of his face. So I'm excited. Uh, so yeah, if that uh, if that comes out during the course of the show, we shall mention it. Uh, but yeah. and it should do. It should, we should have it in about twenty minutes, I, I would think. But just um, two, two more points on that quickly is um, number one. I think it's just great for AW as a star. The magnitude of CM Punk is really going to give them a, a shot in the arm. Uh, as much as they bring people in, and as good as some of the people are, your Andrade, although uh, your Malachi Black, you know <laughs> yeah. the likes. They're great because they're young; they can have great matches. But you need the big stars as well, and that's something that AW 
arguably is it's kind of the one thing they've lacked is their top headliner has been Kenny, Young Bucks, Cody to an extent. Bucks. To, to to us they're big names. Um but to your to your Johnny Wrestle fan in the street, now they have CM Punk. Now they have someone who's a gateway wrestler in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um that they can watch for CM Punk and and not that they were necessarily learning about Kenny Omega. Obviously they know these these people, but they're gonna they're gonna really know them, and they're gonna you know maybe it's, maybe it's gonna lead to, to to better things for AW. And the second thing is just um, for for us and for anyone listening is you know in, in in three and four weeks time when we get used to CM Punk on, on Dynamite and Rampage, the 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 excitement and the the feeling from obviously day one is is gonna wear off. Just don't ever forget the feeling of watching that show, how exciting it was. Don't let that wear off. Um, that's something that I'm really going to try and try and keep in my memory and and, and retain is uh, just how exciting it was and just how fulfilling it was to watch. And uh, I just don't want to forget that feel. You know, I really really enjoyed. It. That's all I got. Alrighty. Um, yeah, I suppose that's. Uh... That is the CM Punk thing. Um, I suppose we'll we'll chat about um, the rest of Rampage. I mean, they had uh, similar to All Out with with you know the idea that Punk will be on it. They did not feel necessary to burn anything especially big on this show. No. Um, mm-hmm. given the show that it was, um, I think they gave I think they gave a, a, a nice little show. They had the uh, Lucha, uh, not the Lucha Brothers, the Jurassic Express. Sorry, I, that's quite the mix up. Uh, defeat Private Party in the first round of the tag team thingy. I think Jurassic Park are probably... Jurassic Park? What the fuck? Oh my god. Uh, Jurassic no. Punk CM uh, 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 Private... Oh, uh, Tony Collins saying, you, you might need to give me five minutes to get the rights for that music, late, boys. Late bills uh, of love. Uh, Luchasaurus comes out... I think that Jurassic Express are probably going to the pay-per-view. That's my assumption. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think so. It makes makes sense given that they just, they lost via interference and then the gimmick is, oh, we're putting you in a cage so someone will have a chance to face you in a fair match. It would only make sense. The only thing I'm wondering then is, though, did Jurassic Express win? That's interesting. Maybe. Is it I don't time? Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I that's the thing. I I don't think it's time for the young bucks to lose, but I don't think it's mm-hmm. great to do the big. We're going to stifle the interference spot, but then the book. I mean, look, maybe the book. Maybe at the end of the day, if you don't think Jurassic Park are on, uh, fucking Christ, they did it again. If you don't think <laughs> Jurassic Express are on that level, and you just want to beat them, that's fine. I don't think that's a huge loss anyway. I don't really, I don't really rate Luchasaurus at all. I don't think he's that. Very, I don't think he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I like the idea of jungle of Jungle Jack with a mm. with with gold around his waist. Although yeah. he he seemed to get fucked up on that destroyer spot, yeah, it was that was pretty gnarly. They cut away for a good like minute while he got his bearings. He seemed to be not loopy, but um, no, I yeah, I mean, it's look, it's not going to be diversity blondes, so it's it's either going to be Jurassic Express or Lucha Brothers, and that's going to be a hell of a match. Well, yeah, and Lucha Brothers reason. have got the the feud with Andrade. So I don't exactly. see them getting into that much. So yeah, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on Luchasaurus. I think Luchasaurus is all right. He's definitely a bit slow, but um, I like his what. Maybe he he a bit glacier speeded. Oh, I I thought you were calling him like an idiot. Nah, very. It's very <laughs> and you're you're, you're yeah, I was like you're like uh, Luchasaurus is a bit slow. I was like that's out of left field thing to say about him. <laughs> I don't know the man. Um, no, he, he he moves at a a more reserved pace than. Your typical wrestler. So, uh, what? Sorry, what's the other match then? It's Lucha Brothers and Varsity Blondes. Varsity Blondes. Okay. Uh, I I guess. I mean, I guess it kind of plays into the Andrade angle if Lucha Brothers lose. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be. I think that'd be. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen a Young Bucks cage match in all the matches I've seen of them. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Uh, we well, had, how many, is this the second AEW cage match after the Cody if, one? Yeah, yeah. If you don't count so. Blood and Guts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't count Jake Hager versus the Wardlow in, oh, in, in the Octagon, who could forget? <laughs> who could forget? <laughs> who could forget that gem? Um, like Maybe it. Punk will get him one of those from <laughs> 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 a Vibe uh, MMA career. Uh, we had Jade Cargill versus Kira Hogan. Mm. Um, I watched Kira Hogan's match on Dark. I've seen her here and there on Impact. I thought I think she's a pretty solid prospect. On the one hand, I kind of want to say, ah, oh, well, I, you know, they only had an hour, Punk went 25 minutes, something had to get caught, but it's just like, you knew a mile away it was going to be this match, do you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like, in, in in some regards, I think people are a bit harsh on AEW's women's division, but on the other hand, you, can, you could see this coming a hundred million miles away that this match is going to be 20 seconds long. Well, um, yeah, I thought it should be that, and that was yeah, no reflection but, yeah. on Kira Hogan, but the whole point was to showcase Cargill on this, yeah. on this show. You know, so I thought it made sense. Even though he's a bit, I mean, Hogan's not a jobber. Um, Kira Hogan, not Hogan. Brother. Um, brother. <laughs> um, she she also obviously has a lot more to offer than that. But at the same time, it's obviously Cargill that's the unique yeah. kind of attraction with the look and the attitude and everything that they want on yeah. this kind of show. So, yeah. That being said, the Cargill selling Hogan's offense was not good. Yeah, she's still very much a. Uh, she she sells. She sells tickets, not offense, mate. Don't worry about that. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what the real stars do. Because I watching it, I was expecting Joe, like you, a showcase for Cargill. She's going to come in, beat this Kira, Kira Hogan in two minutes, and then Hogan was like beating her up, kicking her in the legs, and her mm-hmm. selling wasn't uh, super convincing. Triple, Triple H would have said, "You kick me like that, I will take you for real." <laughs> Um, um yeah so that uh the the cargill push rolls on um and then we had john moxley versus daniel garcia which was solid i feel like they were up against it time wise um yeah because uh, i i expected it to be a a brawl like a sprint to the finish beating each other up to the and then we got like garcia working the leg and then mm-hmm. got caught in a choke at the end yeah, that's strange. Was... I thought it was going to be yeah, him knocking him around for five minutes. But that was a story because he like had attacked him from behind the week before, so it's Moxie's revenge. But Garcia kind of handled him for most of the match. But uh, it's yeah. not bad to get Garcia yeah, over, right. but not what I expected. I think, I think they obviously like Garcia a lot, so they wanted him to have one of his matches. You know, um, uh, he's really quite good, so I do like him a lot. Yeah. Um, the type of fella some... I could imagine. 
little Brian Danielson loving to wrestle. On AEW Dark. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're going to have to like fight to convince Brian Danielson to not be a, wrestle all the children on Elevation instead of like no, yeah. no, Brian, we need you to make it. No, I want to. Can you can you fly in this like 14 year old from Mexico I saw on a VHS tape? He's really good. I want to wrestle him. No, Brian. No, you can't work a G1. Get back here. <laughs> oh God. Oh, you have to God. be in Daly's place next week. <laughs> oh, the mention of CM Punk working the G1, by the way, in the press conference. I don't think I don't like. I don't think I'd like that. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> well, actually, now I say that they've got like Chase Owens in this year's one. So yeah, well, maybe... that's that's circumstantial. Though. I'd say if you said it to New Japan, they'd be like, "Yes, please, Phil, get on a plane. We badly need it." The thing is that CM Punk, uh, you know, is a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong; he's had great matches. No, not least of which with John Cena. On many occasions. But I don't know if CM Funk is the kind of wrestler I want to go in and have a strong style match with like big Tom Ishii necessarily, you know? Mm. As he hits his, his Macho Man elbow in the middle of it. I'm not sure if that's the thing that I'd be super into, but I think he's more of a character than a than a, a Brian Dinosaur type, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is it, it, it was what the thing that is interesting about all these people going to AEW is all that relationship they have with the other promotions. The flexibility, yeah. Uh, and reports are that that was legitimately a factor for Brian. Was like, uh, this feels like it happened five fucking years ago because the news cycle moved so fast. But there was that story that Nick Khan was talking to New Japan to try and get a partnership going. And one of the main reasons was Brian wanted to work <laughs> with them. So and I was like, that seems like a... That was like two months ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, yeah, that's a big motivator because I... He'll probably, I wouldn't be, he wouldn't be surprised if he wants to do like indies. He wants to go wrestle in front of 200 people at beyond. You know, that's his, yeah. that's his MO. But anyway, that's, God, like we were, we're just going to be kind of getting, settling into the normalcy of, okay, Punk is here. And then it's going to, then Brian, presumably again, presumably that's still happening. Um, Brian will be on the cards. Um, so yeah, that was Rampage. Uh, I am loving a little tidy one hour AEW show, I have to say. Yeah. It's good on a, it's on good a Saturday stuff. morning. Yes, yeah. I, I won't be staying up next week, but no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, um, it is it is lovely stuff. So, um, is was there anything worth chatting about from Dynamite, which again feels like a lifetime ago? All I can remember is the Jericho MJF match, which um, wasn't very good. Well, it was it was alright relative relative to the other Jericho ones. It was alright, but it wasn't great. Yeah, but he did look bollocksed after he did look bollocks wrestling for four weeks in a row they, they um, did all sing a song as well like he that was great that was a very nice moment that would have been moment of the week if it wasn't for cm punk returning yes yeah, that that's actually that fair great. yeah um, I, w- I would have preferred if jericho hadn't mentioned it in his promo and it was a bit more organic when it came out and they tweeted the lyrics from the main account that's as what well, i mean which is, yeah that was a little bit much yeah. but um i do like i assume it was literally just to sell the storyline I'm so fucking happy they said Jericho wasn't going to be on Rampage. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Because Jim Ross nailed it, to be fair. I said this when they announced Jericho wouldn't be there. I was like, listen, Jim Ross, you're lucky he didn't go out there and say, WWF Rampage, great to have Chris Benoit back here in Ontario. The guy doesn't know where the fuck he is. He's like, he's got he's no clue what's going on. <laughs> but to be fair, he's better than Jericho, and he was really good on Rampage. So, yeah. True. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the Jericho match, yeah. 
I'm kind of glad it's done. I could, I, and I'm glad he lost because I hope he takes a nice long break to sell <laughs> that defeat and really pretend like he's a he's a defeated baby face. I, 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 I need a break. I need a break from the Jericho. I think. Yeah. Well, we have CM Punk now to take over. Um, to what be good instead of shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Punk Punk is 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 an elder statesman of, of his yeah, sport, you know? yeah, which was kind of the other interesting thing on that Cabana podcast is the fact that he wants to be the locker room leader. He wants to help people, you know. He he mm. wants to be the positive influence. Um, we're getting <laughs> uh, Malachi Black versus Aaron Anderson's big big boy. <laughs> <laughs> All these forty-five-year-old kids. What is up with that? What are they feeding them kids down I there? Think we mentioned that last week. But yeah, he he was on again in his little tights. Um, there's no I way. Like, there's no I way like he's, young, he's younger than me. There's no way he's younger than me. Do you know how old he is? He's like twenty-four or something. Oh my god! He, he, he looks like he looks like he just he hangs out at a golf club all day. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he looks like the kind of person who plays squash. <laughs> okay, this is and Brock Anderson, and it's funny because his dad was kind of like, oh, you, you, you know, I have all faith in you, but you, you don't want to. Man- I, I'm really looking forward to this because I think it's going to be one of those things. I think Malachi Black is going to fucking kill him, and it's going to be great, and he's going to yeah. knock the shit out of him and slap him around, and he's going to get stretched out and all this other stuff. Yeah, um, I, I think that'll be a lot of fun. The um the other thing we got on this show was uh, of course Sting versus two point oh. uh, <laughs> aka the best feud of the year so far. Oh, it's <laughs> great! I, those lads are perfect. They they have a, to me a real like early nineties kind of vibe in that they're so bombastic and over the top that they are the perfect foil for Sting. It's just like it's like watching WCW over all over again. Um, they're really really good. So <laughs> and that match was great as well when he. When he went to do the double Scorpion Deathlock, I was cringing because I was like, oh, there's no way he does it. He's it's not going to work. It's going to fall. And then he did it perfectly and it was great. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, it was good. Um, See, 2.0 yeah. 2. to me come off like as if there were uh, w- when he was a, a kind of geeky heel before he became the ultra serious one. But like, it's almost like there's two Kurt Angles. Yeah. Um, and then, like the sting powerbomb through the table, uh, I saw that being kind of divisive. I loved it because I'm I've always been a fan of the you know a guy's getting beat down, beat down, beat down, and then kicks out at one. Yeah. Ah, the crowd goes mad. Ah! I've always loved that spot. WWE never do it. So and it's like when... a sting hallmark. It's sting, and it's yeah. 2.0. This is what's great about AEW is that they they. They see the worth in these guys are never going to get above this level, but that's fine because they're so fucking yeah. good at it. It's like what? Oh, they ruined two point finish. Oh, I guess the little one's not going to be Kenny then. Like, like what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's their job is to be there and do that. Oh, it was great. Oh, I'm loving this thing run. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's tremendous, tremendous. Uh, I think, and that was. Wasn't too much else on the show apart from a picture of Big Show's ass. Oh, <laughs> I'm loving Scarlet. Big Show and Cutie, but Cutie's face. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you get what you can get. But uh, <laughs> yeah. the big hole. Like even um, though it was so obvious that Big Show was going to be his opponent was going to be Cutie, right? Cutie, yeah. didn't realize it. 
till he said. He was like, what? <laughs> Shit. That good. That's the thing. Like, AEW, right? All, all three of us are, are big fans, obviously. But with, with very few exceptions, everyone on every level does their job perfectly. From the 2.0s, the QT Marshall, all the way up to the CM Punks, you know? Mm. It's still in I I don't want to like constantly, you know, bash WWE where where maybe it's not deserved, but um like QT Marshall and Big Show in WWE would be a few that I you wouldn't be able to pay me to care about. And now I'm loving these little segments. Big show comes out and stares at him all angry, and then QT the next week is shitting his pants at the prospect of fighting old broken hip Paul White. Like that's it. It's, it's like great. Said, they all they, they do their job, and that's that's why when when people are just like Ugh, like months ago when QT Marshall, why is he? It's because if you can build someone up who you don't really care about, so you can beat him like a drum if you want. But if he gets a reaction and people like, because he's good, he's good in his role. But you're not mm. losing anything by throwing him to Big Show. Like that's perfect. If you people who have split the difference really well between getting a reaction and being disposable, like AEW is great at having that tiered kind of system. Because um, you don't want to also big show wrestle Cody or anything. <laughs> but also, one thing that's very important is that they all feel very different from each other. So QT and 2.0 have very distinct, different characters. Whereas it feels like in WWE, you have one cookie cutter shape for what a babyface is, and one for what a heel is. Like, what's the difference between really? What's the difference between Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest, character wise? Without without saying one of them has a sword. Or yeah, without saying Scottish. one of them Scottish. <laughs> yeah. like, what's, the, the, um, what's their character? What's the difference, really? The the ratings are out, by the way. Shall oh. I ratings you? Please, I'm not even looking You get to us live. AEW Rampage on TNT Friday was watched by 1.129 million viewers. Fucking with a with an eight with a demo a demo rating of 692 thousand. That's a 0.53. Hell. Compared to SmackDown's demo rating of 0.57. Jesus. So it was 0.04 less than SmackDown. 0.04. On... My God. Uh, they definitely, that, that I, I don't have it in front of me. They definitely stomped Raw. That has to be, they have to have beaten Raw with that, I would say. I think Raw is usually around a five. Uh, definitely, wow. yeah, in, in the neighborhood of Raw, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. And sure. again, it's so it's uh, the other thing actually I think we, we all forgot to mention. Uh, looking back on it now, I feel like they kind of made the right call by not announcing him. Because all throughout the day is like everyone was like, Oh, I know he's gonna be there, but oh my god, could you imagine if he wasn't? Oh my god, how terrible that because there was a little bit of intrigue and drama. They split the difference really well between everyone knew he was gonna be there. Everyone knew he was gonna be there, but there was intrigue. What if he wasn't? What if it's a red herring? What if it's this? <laughs> and I suppose and there's there it bore fruit, obviously. Oh yeah, I'm just looking at the I'm just looking at the I love the graph and and rampage is just like a straight line off. <laughs> 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 he's like he's like Kevin Nash doing TNA doing the the here's where here's where CM Punk shows up. <laughs> oh, tremendous, tremendous! Oh my wow, god, yeah. yeah! When you look at the Ooh. the eighteen to forty nine viewership, the, all three of them are in a little little circle beside each other. There you go, neck and neck with Raw, tremendous. Yeah, do. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't already, do follow Brandon Thurston on yeah on Twitter for for great stats and analysis about hashtag the biz. Um, 
Very interesting. Uh, yeah. So there you go. I'm glad that I'm glad that came out while we were we were on the air. So speaking uh, of WWE, go on. CM Punk wasn't the only person who returned this week, Barry. Uh, they, go on. The, the the panic button was smashed by McMahon and and the other Khan. Um, there was uh, two returns. You had Becky Lynch return at SummerSlam, mm. and you had Big Brock. Uh, <laughs> with a little man bun and a beard. Yeah, Brock looked like they literally just like teleported him off his farm directly into the building. <laughs> so Malibu I... Stacy, Malibu <laughs> Stacy back with a new ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Brock did look very toyetic. He had the yeah, he had the big wide stance, the little vest. <laughs> he was a weird outfit he had on with the jeans and the big black leather boot shoes on and yeah. Yeah, it's very weird. I I I really enjoyed the Brock return. I thought it was done very well. To give credit where credit is due, right? That being said, with with all that's gone on recently with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman and the hundred of other people they've cut, you're bringing Brock back on big money. Brock don't get out of his farm for less than. <laughs> Like a million a year at Whatever least. Whatever. Like, wait, no, five probably. Yeah, yeah. Crazy money. And Brock, like, what was the last good match Brock had? Not counting that Royal Rumble. Like, you know, Brock does the Goldberg thing where he his matches are four minutes long at most. So, what's yeah. the return on investment on that? You know? It just, it, to me, it, like, obviously, I don't know how long this was planned for or whatever. But it felt very reactionary, and I don't see the long term benefit in doing it. Um, as you know, as enjoyable as Brock can be. The Becky Lynch thing, on the other hand, was completely bonkers in how they did it. Yeah, so i i stayed i, I stayed up to watch um, uh, SummerSlam. Uh, my girlfriend was with me. You know, she likes her Bianca Belair from what she's seen. So oh, she, she would have been she, very disappointed. I even listen. I tell you, I, I was like, I said, she wrestles. I, I put the pre-show on and they play the video, and I was like, that's there's. And she's like, oh yeah, I like I, she's great. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, she and Sasha had this great match at WrestleMania, blah blah blah. So now, to be fair, she fell asleep long before we got to that match because the show was. Oh, she was awake for fucking Eva Marie versus the doll, though. Oh my god, oh, I'm so embarrassed. She was like, "Is the doll supposed to be haunted?" And I was like, "Yeah. Uh, why is she picking up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's supposed to be. I don't want to explain it. I can't be arsed. It's embarrassing." Um, but yeah, and then and so and then I was like, "Yeah, well, I, Sasha might not be there." And she's like, "Why?" I was like, I don't know because they keep saying she is i don't know why very weird i don't even think we can get into that because there's no there's no news she's just not there everyone's kind of assuming the thing um the thing that you, you can't disclose if someone has it um but uh yeah so uh if you didn't hear folks uh sasha banks wasn't at SummerSlam for reasons undisclosed carmella came out to have her 15th match with bianca belair uh, Becky Lynch's music hit absolutely monster pop. She came out looking great, like she'd never left. Um, uh, said, "Let's tear the house down." Which, in hindsight, crazy that she said that that they were going to do that, and then she uh, <laughs> put her hand out for the handshake. Bianca shook it. Becky decked her, hit one move, and pinned her in like twenty seconds. Uh, after that, uh, after that insane, wonderful, finely crafted WrestleMania match, that was your. Uh, 
that was your 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 conclusion to the to the uh, Bianca Belair story. So, what did you make of it, lads? Don't care. Shit, wasn't it? Shit. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's the thing. How how far? I mean, I remember I was because because I'd stayed up and I'd given the show a chance. I was fucking really annoyed. But in yeah, in reality, it's like well, you know, WWE. There you go. That's it. You know. And apparently, Becky is a heel now. That's that's what's come out. (laughs) Yeah. Heel turn by press release. That's how they do it. Yeah. Heel turn from lady who went to have a baby and now has returned. Fucking, mm. fucking bitch! <laughs> you know, like what? What? What is wrong with these people? That they can't, oh. like, it's it. This was exactly at odds to the CM Punk thing, where the crowd want them. Just give them, give them for once. Give just give them what they want, and they'll be happy, and the business will boom. Everyone, like, how long has it been on on Twitter? The is tonight the night? Will Becky Lynch come back? She's tweeting, "Oh, I'm at the the, the, the arena. Oh, is she going to be there tonight?" And then they bring her back, and she she she's a heel now, and she she cheated and won the title. What's that about? What potentially was she not cleared? Why? Well, why are you wrestle, making her wrestle then? Then don't do that. So you, you don't. Ha- that's not the way you have to do it. You're not locked into it. You guys make up what happens. It's fake. You know, no. you literally control what happens. So why is that the way they do it? you don't then get a Bianca match like whatever about Becky Lynch and her ability and, and uh, to wrestle on that specific day or whatever the audience now don't get a Bianca Belair match because of the decision and what they did um, so I, I, it's not it's not worth wasting time on I just I thought it was very stupid yeah yeah um, yeah so that was that I, I went to bed at that stage and I actually haven't made time to watch the rest of the show I I I really thought the Brock return. I I heard I didn't watch the scene at Roman match. I heard it was very good, and I thought the Brock return was was pretty well done. Yeah, I did. Just like the Punk one, they kept it simple. They didn't overthink it. He came out looking all jacked and weird. (laughs) Yeah, he he stared down Roman Rage, and the crowd wanted to cheer him, and then he posed, and it was great. Uh, yeah, simple uh, is is the words. So yeah, that's uh, that's your. Your your SummerSlam uh, for you, and we don't we don't, we're not going to run down the rest of the results. I don't think there was anything especially interesting worth uh, worth digesting there. Uh, we did also get the first kind of major. Well, he's done. He does podcast appearances here and there, but we got a uh, uh, Ariel Helwani interview with Nick Khan, which I suppose was interesting for the fact that it was kind of a. I mean, Helwani is a wrestling fan, even though obviously he's not really associated with it. Uh, he works well. I suppose he works for BT Sport now, so he he's he's mm. got a w, he's got a WWE gig. Had an interview. I watched snippets of it. I can't. I mean, the thing about it is there was lots of there was lots of tidbits that got a lot of attention. But other than that, I I don't think Nick Khan is especially interesting. I think a lot of those talking points are really overrated. Um, I appreciate Wait. that he kind of plainly states his mission statement, which was the the I think probably the most notorious quote out of it was that if he had his way, Raw would be eight hours and SmackDown mm. would be eight hours because they get paid per the hour, which is like on the one hand you look at that's really cynical and shitty. It's like, well, that's you know, you know what he is? He's a little mini Vince because I tell you what, I, he does not give a single shit about wrestling. You know that for a fact. You know that for mm. a fact. But, but then, you know? well, he's a businessman. Well, I don't know what people expected. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. SmackDown should be one hour. We get paid less for it. Like, he's not going to say that. Really. He's not going to say that, of course. Yeah. Um, he's not the head of creative. You know, <laughs> he's Francesca. Well, I don't know how much involved in that he is actually, but he's like a businessman. That's his job. You know, so. Yeah, I didn't he's have just a bit more. He's more high profile than 
uh, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, basically. But he's yeah. doing the same job they were doing, but he's just a bit more because he's, you know, I think had a higher profile than them. He gets talked about more, but essentially, yeah, he's going to, he, he wants to sell more stuff and they want to hire big, beefy men uh, to wrestle in their, <laughs> in their company. Not, don't we a hog? We need, we need little indie blocks who are five foot four and do a flip. But that itself is such a, uh, an archaic way of thinking. Well, it, like, it's stupid because what well, you know they've all, that's always what wrestling's been about. Wrestling's always been about athletes transitioning into wrestling, like ex footballers, ex amateur wrestlers, baseball, basketball, whatever. It's always been like that, and then it's always been indie sort of guys as well. Like Edge, Edge is an indie guy, really. He came from the Canadian independence. He's just tall, so they like him, <laughs> but he's still like technically an indie wrestler, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's it's essentially you need, yeah, you want great athletes, but they have to be passionate about the business as well. You know what I mean? You can't just take a six foot five ex footballer and make him into a great wrestler. They've been trying that for the last 10 years with the performance center. And yeah. they've had, uh, can't think of anyone, any successes really. More on the any? women's side than the men, I would say. You're Sasha Banks, you're Bailey. And I was actually, yeah, I was thinking, they're not, they're not big six foot four fighters, admittedly, but yeah, most of those were in. Yeah, most of the women were indie stars as well, apart from Charlotte. Charlotte was, really, but then yeah. she's the third, you know, second or second generation. So yeah, and anyway, it's it's, it's kind of like as well. It's one of those things where I was actually thinking about this earlier today because you know I was kind of thinking about Roman, right? And I was kind of like, I was like, okay, but what training did he get at the PC that made him great? I mean, he first of all, he he was on the main roster for about eight years before he actually clicked and got what they wanted him to get. And in those eight years, he worked with John Cena, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, Seth Rollins, uh, Randy Orton, uh, every fucking great wrestler ever to come through the business in the last uh, two decades he worked with, which is even not even just performance center, FCW days, OBW. You, yeah. Lots of people would say the way you get great is you go on the main roster, you work the house shows, you wrestle Chris Jericho, you wrestle CM Punk, you wrestle uh, Edge, and you learn from them. And it's kind of like, even though he is technically a guy they train from scratch, but yeah, other than train him in the basics of what being a wrestler is what did the pc really do with roman because he certainly he certainly didn't come out like a house of fire as a massive star instantly he was accepted by the fans you know no in fact um, he was resented because he, he was resented yeah guy. <laughs> like the other yeah two. um so it's just i'm fascinated to see what the um what this because because as well as changing their hiring practices they also are going to change the look of the show as well mm. um so we'll see what that is. And this all, this all, we don't actually have it on the run sheet here, but this all coincides with perhaps the most notable indie guy to really have the NXT machine behind him. I think more so than any of them, Adam Cole is, there's actually literally all the news is popping off as we're doing this show here. We got the rating literally just into my inbox there, uh, a scoop from the fine folks at Fightful. Do cool. support them. Uh, Fightful Select, great work. Sean Ross, I broke the CM Punk story, so there's your uh, that that's mm-hmm. the plug. Uh, I'm a, a proud patron of theirs. Uh, Adam Cole, that appeared to be what his swan song uh, on NXT Sunday night. He he did lose last night, by the way, if anyone didn't see it uh, against Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and as Fightful mentioned, he had not signed a new contract as of this past weekend. Fightful spoke with sources backstage at WWE Raw tonight and confirmed he is not planned for tonight's show in any capacity either so it does seem like the the winds are blowing in the direction of him leaving but again this is all 
completely all 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 that's being said there is he has not re-signed with WWE. I don't know if we even really talked about this on the show. His contract lapsed in July and WWE forgot. Um, and out of kind of a goodwill gesture, he re-signed with them through SummerSlam just to work SummerSlam and get that takeover <laughs> done. Uh, and it kind of seems like that might be it. And it's kind of it's weird because it's kind of like God, AEW they they have to be at capacity at a certain point. How many more main event level men can they possibly sign? But on the flip side, Adam Cole's literally coming off of WWE TV and is available to hop straight on your TV. Ah, you can't really say no, can you? What are you going to do? Say <laughs> no. Cheers, especially pal. when he's in a relationship with your women's champion as well, and it's been, yeah. you know, part of the company basically. Has the has the connection like, um, and especially like you know, like the AEW fan base. Is there a more AEW? Well, CM Punk is number one. Adam Cole is probably top five of if you were to pick a wrestler from the entire industry who's who's an AEW wrestler through and through. It has to be him. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's developing, and I, I thought it was just really interesting. Nick Khan's going on saying all that stuff and and really trying to transition away from that. Meanwhile the top guy of the entire brand contract is hanging in the balance and he's one of the guys that you're saying you're kind of over now i mean it, like I, I i like again some people just that it's like a water off a duck's back but if i'm in his shoes i'm kind of like oh, I, fuck off then i guess i'll leave yeah like, well that might be damage limitation on on Khan's side to be fair if if they had yeah. feeling that that cole wasn't going to resign they might be maybe well. yeah yeah uh, I he's, suppose if he hasn't already, I mean, what, what, I mean, if he was going to resign, what would he be waiting for? Do you know what I mean? I mean, surely he would have yeah. by now. Um, the report was that he met Vince and all that, but again, it's kind of like if you are a wrestling fan and you like wrestling as he does, surely you look at the main roster and you go, "Well, how how much of an idiot do I have to be?" There's also, and it kind of sounds like a bad joke, but it, I can I can understand where where he's coming from. He doesn't want to let go of his Twitch. That seems like he's gone on record. He's like, "I'm not. I will not stop streaming." Like he yeah. said that publicly. <laughs> Um, he will not <laughs> stop posting. Stop he will never stop streaming. He'll always be online. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Um, and I kind, of, I kind of, I kind of respect that. Like uh, you know, I was. At the end of the day, money is money. But when when Zelina Vega went back and I, and stopped streaming, I was like, come on, uh, come on, let's let's you know, <laughs> try and pretend that you had a bit of, uh, you had you had a second thought about it. But um, but yeah. So that's that's the I think that's the whopper news of wrestling. Yeah, Dude, it's like we're a, a wrestling podcast again, once again. Yeah, <laughs> ten years on from uh, the last time we were a wrestling. Podcast. <laughs> Probably. Um, <sighs> but yeah, and so uh, I mean, I think most of our life golf this week will have been wrapped up in watching the wrestling. But uh, lads, did you do anything else this week? On the back of the wrestling, actually, on Friday, obviously buzzing for the to stay up and watch Rampage. But I am um, so at my company. We we have summer hours, so we finish a little bit early on a Friday. We finish at three o'clock, uh, and Michelle was going out on Friday, so I was like, "Well, time for me to go for one of my on one of my incredibly long walks while listening to a podcast." So very very fun time had. I went for a, a five hour walk across London. Wow! Um, and I listened to. As usual, I listened to an episode of the Lapsed Fan podcast, ah. which is um, a very popular show that, that does reviews of typically sort of Hulkamania era shows. They do old school, you know, it's for Lapsed fans, um, sometimes Attitude Era, but not not usually beyond that. Um, but they did do as a 
uh, fan request. They did Money in the Bank 2011 a while ago. Four hours long. So I was like, perfect, perfect for my walk. Listened to the entirety of that show and it, it very much got me in the mood because they go very deep into the analysis of like what, everything that was said at the time, all the kind of build up, their opinions of it. They read all the commentary, the you know, books and everything. They really go in deep. Um, so that really, yeah, really had me kind of thinking about that whole, you know, summer of punk and that angle and what was going on with WWE at the time. So that really set me up nicely for, to come home and uh, have a big pizza and watch, <laughs> stay up till <laughs> three o'clock in the morning watching Rampage. Uh, I did go to sleep beforehand for a couple of hours just to, to freshen me up. But yeah, that was that was a Friday. That was a, a fantastic Friday, I have to say. And from there, um, Saturday, Michelle and I went to a festival in a local park near us and we saw The Streets. Um, which was one of my fa- favorite yeah. bands back in the day. Still, still like them now. So, been wanting to see them live basically since they were huge back in the two thousand early two thousands. Finally, got to see them live. Uh, it was a really good show. Um, I do have to say the, the the lead Mike Skinner, who is essentially the streets. He, um, I don't know if he was drunk or off his nut, but he would not stop chatting bollocks. <laughs> Uh, not, not only in between songs, but in the middle of songs, he just stops singing it and starts talking about like Bob Marley or uh, the venue or something. He was completely mashed, um, but it was very fun and we enjoyed it. And it was over by ten o'clock. <laughs> we got a bus home in twenty minutes, so that was perfect end to any kind of concert or festival. Just get out of there and get home quickly. So that was great. And then to complete the the hat trick of fantastic weekend, uh, going into Monday, we're, we're off work this week. Today we bought a hedge trimmer and um, for, had, a, had a go on that, went out. We've been living here for two years and we've got quite a lot of hedgerows in the, in the garden in the front. They haven't been touched for two years, I'll be honest. <laughs> They've just been growing. And the, <laughs> there's one that's near our, our front room window that's been growing and growing to the point where it's actually starting to get a little bit dark in the front room during right. the day because <laughs> the hedge is so fucking big. It's about nine foot tall and wow. five foot wide. Um, so I did, I did attack it with the hedge trimmer today and very satisfying. If you've ever never used a hedge trimmer, I tell you very satisfying to give the, the hedge a little haircut and uh, see it look all nice and tidy. So this is yes, starting to was... sound like a manscape.com ad. <laughs> yeah. Is it a euphemism? Don't, don't nick your nards. Uh, use <laughs> use a safe hedge trimmer. Yes, that was that was Monday, and that was a uh, three three very productive and good days in a row. So that was a uh, life nice. for me. Uh, we've got a little dog back with us. She's not here at the moment, unfortunately. I thought she was going to make an appearance on the podcast, but she's we've had her before. I don't know. I might have showed it on the to you guys before, but she's like a little Chihuahua mini pincer pincher, whatever that's called. Mm. So she's about. I was minding her all day today. She pretty much just slept all day. She's like 12 years old. So she's also she's not only very small, but very old. So she was just sleeping the whole day. Mm. So we're minding her. Um, watch the footy, obviously, Joe. Oh, yeah. Watch a bit of the footy. Yeah, yeah. That was the less interesting part of the weekend. Oh, <laughs> watching, yeah. watching United Southampton. Kind of felt like last season, you know, one of those sort of performances where we just... Yeah, know, the thing flat. that was mad about it me was we have you know we obviously have this gap in our midfield where mm. we, sometimes we try Matic sometimes Fred McTominay and Fred especially was just dreadful uh, at the weekend and we have everyone's like oh we need a new midfielder we need little Donny van der Beek on the bench never gets a look in like surely yeah. at this stage 
when you Fred and Matic starting together, as soon as I saw that, the alarm bells were going off, first of all. Yeah. Matic, I don't mind Matic. Matic, too slow, too old. Fred, sometimes Fred's good, but he had maybe the worst game I've ever seen him play yesterday. Just mm. kicking the ball straight out of play. Um, and resp- and got the deflection on the goal and did a multitude of other mistakes during the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been I've been a bit underwhelmed with Sancho so far. Admittedly, he's not like started the game, but twice he's yeah. come on and been completely anonymous. Um, I think he needs a bit of time. I, to be fair, he does. I'm, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but I, I I was hoping to see a bit more of an impact yesterday. With, mm. with Southampton had like seven defenders on at that point. Um, but it was, towards the end, it was Southampton who looked like they're going to get the goal more so than especially uh, Maguire was having a fucking daydream during the game was uh, to <laughs> take the ball off and nearly score. Yeah. Um, Chelsea were very impressive. I got Lukaku into my fancy team on the back of that Arsenal game. Although Arsenal, oh, Jesus, to be an Arsenal fan. That's the thing. United drew Southampton, but you could be an Arsenal mm. fan. It could be worse. Um, it could be worse. They're going to be on zero points come the international break. Uh, second from the bottom. Only Norwich have a worse goal difference. Um, anything else really interesting happen? No, I mean, Saturday was a bit of a muted day in terms of big games. It's just the the Arsenal-Chelsea game there yesterday. Yeah, a bit of a foregone conclusion. Wasn't it? Yeah, really Liverpool beat Norwich handily. Yeah. Uh, I was more impressed with Liverpool this time around. Or, no, they beat Norwich the first day. They beat Burnley. Or, did, or I don't know if I'm getting that backwards or what. But anyway, Liverpool looked good. Um, Arsenal look bad. Chelsea look good. City very good as well. Five nil win for them. Grealish, big old Jack getting on the score sheet. I think I think we can give him the the big Jack nickname now. Um, oh yeah. After Charlton passed away, big Jack. Grealish. <laughs> big Jack Grealish and the, another Irish uh, football superstar. Well. Um, <laughs> um, he got his goal. He's gone into the fancy team as well. I had a bad week in the fancy this week. I must say. Did not do well with uh, Bruno getting booked and doing nothing in the game. He's my captain. Um, anything else? No, I mean I've been um, I've been streaming quite a bit. Uh, got my um, new webcam, which people who have seen my streams Ooh. will obviously know that. Also bought myself a little capture card. Don't mind if I do. So Whoa, I streamed some Halo. That, I was just testing Whoa. it. Out. I streamed a bit of Halo. Um. Which I'm not doing like ongoingly. I just wanted to test the card and see if I could figure out how to get everything working correctly on once. So I did a little half hour Halo stream. That was very fun. But that allows me now to stream. You know, I have a library of old games that, you know, the kids these days might not have seen. And I have like HDMI adapters for nearly all my systems. So I can literally mm-hmm. stream any game I own from the Super Nintendo to the like Switch and Xbox Series S. So lovely. The, the possibilities are endless. Um, had, so, had had some good Twitch days, some good uh, viewers. I played a bit of No Mercy as well, which was very fun. Uh, that was also a test stream just to f- fucking remember the controls for No Mercy. I <laughs> don't know how to play that game, especially with an Xbox controller. Like whatever about the muscle memory playing on an N64 controller uh, to play on an emulator is a whole other story. And that's pretty much been my week. Not too much else. Already, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty quiet week here as well. Uh, Limerick won the hurling, which is both something I understand and watched. Um, I didn't actually watch it, but it was nice that they won. Well done, lads. 
Uh, he, he hit the slitter real good, didn't he? He hit the slitter real good. Absolutely embarrassed Cork. Embarrassed them. Um, <laughs> trounced them. Um, I tell you what, I, I, one thing I did um, uh, <laughs> during the week, I um, on Friday, in preparation for seeing Mr. Punk, I, I did go and get a haircut. I wish... Uh, one thing I can't wait to do once once we're really thoroughly, well and truly past this pandemic, I wish... I wish we could do the beard trimming again. I don't like doing my own beard. I always mess it up. My mine is not too bad. You can't really see it too bad during the wake. It's a little bit patchy. Um, now, thankfully, you still have to wear a mask everywhere, so people can't see my my bad shaving job. But um, I miss I miss getting the. the, the you get it done at the barbers, do you? Yeah, because it's like I'm I'm just I'm terrible at trimming. Do you know what I mean? I can shave the fucking thing off, but if I want to right. just like, which, but I don't want that. I don't want to do baby face. I want to just have. You know the the a little a, a little bit of uh, facial hair. My my facial hair gets very wild and goes in all directions yeah. after. So I like to keep it trimmed but not clean shaven. I and I mean. think they do they do a, a great great job. They tidy it up. They get it nice and uh, uh, close to the skin, but still there, which is just perfect. But of course, it's all mask on and all this other stuff. So I do miss that. But I got a lovely haircut, so I'm I, I'm happy with that. And the other thing yeah. I did then uh, was for the first time. Uh, in I can't remember when <laughs> you let them I, do your balls as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was like the arse hole in particular, and I mean the hole. I'm talking about the hole, not the cheek. You, wanna, you, you need to spread the cheeks to get to what I'm talking. Oh. About. Um, Jesus, brother. Uh, no, no, I I did for the first time. I think in two years, I did have a drink inside a pub. Oh my um, god, with the old uh, uh, the old cert. Because I'm uh, a few weeks removed from from the full vax, so we uh, we went on a bit. Of, we went to a restaurant first of all in town. We sat inside there, which was lovely. Had a drink, and then we we were kind of just kind of doing a bit of a crawl around a couple of different spots. And we sat outside most because it was nice weather. And then we went to, when we went to the last place we were at for the night. We said, "Well, we will we go in since we can go in now." We went in, and I have to say, it was a little bit emotional being able to sit into a pub. Go in there, actually sit down, not have a time mm. limit, not have to order food, mm. and just have a few drinks. Because I was trying to think, I was like, "You're oh, like the CM we... Punk guy." I was like the CM Punk guy crying into my pint. Um, but it's funny because I was trying to think. I was like, "Oh, well." Brona we... was going, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." <laughs> but it was like um, I was trying to think. I was like, "Well, during the last, like last year, before we went back into lockdown, there was a brief period. Remember all, all that ninety-minute shit? You can go stay for ninety minutes, have a meal." Yeah. And, I was trying to think, and then I was like, oh, no, that was outdoor only as well. So I was like, oh, no, I was like, this is legitimately since this all started. This is the first time I have been in a pub in two years. It was fantastic. And it was great. And it felt, you know, all, the only difference was that, you know, you had to get table service because they, they don't want you milling around. But I was like, other than that, I was like, I said, this is like normal, isn't it? Isn't that fucking weird? It's just like we're just chilling. It was great. Uh, and so even though it was just, you know, just a, what we would have two years ago called a typical night in the pub, it was like the highlight of my week, except for CM Punk. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so that was nice. So uh, a solid week all around. Um, uh, we'll jump into the telly golf here. I I'm really slacking on my telly golf. I think I have like three episodes of Rick and Morty to catch up on. Uh, way behind. I'll have to catch up on that. Uh, I did start a rewatch because Brona has not seen it yet. Banshee from the beginning. Starring Homelander himself, Mr. Anthony Starr. Um, and I, it hasn't been that long since I watched it for the first time. I sang its praises on this show, but oh, what a show. That's a show. That's a fucking show. <laughs> um, loving it. We're nearly finished season one. We just started it there a couple of days ago. 
Um, but yeah, it's really great. I kind of wanted again. I'm not because it's Ronan's first time watching it, but I kind of it's one of those ones where I kind of want to stick the director's commentary on because I list when I finished watching it the first time. I watched a few episodes and it was really good, but I was like, no, we've got a first time viewer in the house. But yeah, uh, yeah tremendous stuff. Um, if you are in the states, I think they just added that to the old HBO Max. So so get on that if you are if you've not yet seen it. But that's it. No uh, no other telly for me. What about you, lads? What are you watching this week? Uh, not not any proper telly for me, really notable. But I, I do watch this um, YouTube series. I don't know if you guys have come across it I'm at all. Rate rate my takeaway, um, which is a guy called Danny Mallon, who I think started just doing ratings of local takeaways during lockdown on on Facebook, and then kind of turned it into a YouTube channel. And he's now quite the sensation. He's been on I've been on telly here. Being oh, really? about it. He's got like yeah. 400,000 subscribers in the space of a year. Um, he goes, basically, he's a bit of a, a British Guy Fieri. And I say that in the, he's very like positive. He doesn't do bad reviews. Like he doesn't go to bad restaurants <laughs> and slate them. He, all the reviews he does are very positive. And I think that's why people like him because he's just so, so kind of friendly and positive. And, you know, he's, he's a Yorkshireman and he's got all this kind of uh, chat and, you know, just, very, just a very amiable guy. Yeah, we, we watch a lot of his videos. They're always very entertaining. And he, this past week, was in Dublin uh, reviewing a few restaurants uh, for the first time. So I was, I was watching those. So he reviewed um, Bunsen Burger, which I know is a favorite of you two lads. Yes. Um, he, was, he was very, very impressed with them. Um, that looked very, very nice. Very limited menu. I didn't realize it's just very simple. Yes. Basically, burger, fries, milkshake. That's about it. It's not it sound a, like a card. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that looks really good. He reviewed, um, there's a fish and chip shop that's supposed to be the oldest fish and chip shop in Dublin or in Ireland. I can't remember what it was called, but um, that was good. He reviewed a place called Shamak. I don't know if you two have heard of that. I've it's been there. Korean. You've been there. Yeah. Korean place, is it? It's that looks, lovely. That looked really good. He had the wings, the nuggets, the chicken, but he had poutine fries as well that they were doing. Oh, as a, I, a I had, uh, I've been there a couple of times. A friend of mine actually worked there and knew the chef. I mm. remember this is this is inside baseball here. A good buddy of mine lived next to the chef there. And once I was uh, in her place and he knocked on the door with like samples to try before they'd oh. even opened of like uh, their Korean, uh, yeah, I think it's Korean um, yeah. uh, chicken. It is delicious and also yeah the desserts they do like um ice cream sandwiches yeah the, the, the cookies as the as the sandwich yeah i miss i've been in ages just because i haven't been able to travel up to dublin very much you know but um <laughs> oh yeah she mac is good stuff yeah it looks it looks really really good um yeah and you also i haven't watched the the latest video yet but you also had a, a spice bag so look, look forward <laughs> to seeing what he, what he made of that um yeah He's funny. He's very enthusiastic. He doesn't, you know, not as knowledgeable about, you know, the, all the different Irish places, which obviously I've heard about from listening to you two guys for 10 plus years. And yeah. um, it's funny kind of seeing him experiencing it all. So yeah, if you do, if you're on YouTube, rate my takeaway, Dublin, uh, check those out. Very, very entertaining videos. But yeah, that's about, that's about what we'll be watching this week. The only sad thing is he's just too late for Jimmy Chung's. Oh yes, I, that might have been the one that would break him and give him a bad review. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Chung's was a Chinese buffet on uh, the the side of the Liffey in Dublin city centre that is no mm-hmm. longer there. Such a shame. Alas, um, yeah, I watched some TV. I watched the new Rick and Morty. 
uh, well, I say new. I think it aired on the eighth of August <laughs> a while ago. It was okay. Um, not not among the best, but perfectly watchable. Uh, there's none this week. I think the finale is going to be a two uh, a one hour finale, so like a two episode finale. Oh, really? Wow. Air on the fifth of September, I think. But no, that's it for the season. That's done for this year. Uh, watch some more. Tintin. Les Aventures de Tintin. Oh, by Hergé. Oh, he got. He went to the moon in the last one. Looking great. Oh my god. Uh, best 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 name for an episode as well. The Adventures of Tintin, Destination Moon. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in for, <laughs> for this one, boys. Destination Moon. Uh, yeah, four-part, four-part little mini-series. They go to the moon. I haven't actually finished that. I've only watched the first three parts. But that's been great. Tintin, oh, fucking Tintin, that fucking little legend. I love Tintin. Anyway. And then I watched, less excitingly, Marvel's What If. <laughs> Two episodes of that. That are out. Uh, the first one, right? Sit down for this one. What if, right? The, what what the series is about is what if there was alternate kind of realities. Did I happened? did I not talk about this on this show? By the way, can you refresh my memory? Have I not talked to you about this? Oh, maybe. I, think, I don't know. I I don't think I have. You, I don't think did you do last no, week. No, you tweeted right. about it, but you haven't. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so we can. Oh, great! You and I can have a great conversation about this fucking <laughs> amazing show. Okay, so what if? You know, a different reality happened where, you know, different characters find themselves in different configurations across the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For example, what if, um, what's it, uh, Captain America's friend, Agent Carter, right? What if she is Captain America and she just fought the same villains as him? Yeah, and then what if she spent like then a half hour just punching bad guys? And then and then at the end, she did the thing where she went forward and... and met nick fury i feel like i watched that episode because yeah to the end she she does the exact same thing captain america does which is go forward and there's there's samuel L. jackson and i felt like my at the end of that episode i was like okay yeah so what if what if of any consequence happened there except for like they made they she like or bucky gets saved i guess is that he doesn't become the winter soldier is like the one marginally interesting upshot of that you know but they don't really go into that much that's just they don't but they, they she grabs him as he falls off the what what is the part where he falls off the train in the in the regular timeline yeah but uh i thought i thought that was so fucking boring that i know that, that it first was. episode um and it's, it's also just because i don't i mean i never watched the show about her I, i've never cared about that character uh i thought it was a nice way to tie it all up in endgame i've never really cared about that romance i don't I, you know i'm not I like Captain America. I'm not really into his suite of characters surrounding him. And I feel like, what a, what a lame first episode for the premise, because I was kind of like, you know, yeah, one of the later... could have been the, more out there, for sure. One, one of the later episodes, they put out all the descriptions, so they've said what they're all going to be. One of them was like, uh, what, if, what if Killmonger saves Iron Man in Iron Man 1, or what the events of Iron Man 1? It's like, yeah, you know, okay, that's because then you might have some interesting characters, and they might have interesting conversations and they might make different decisions but this was just kind of like it's literally just they put one character in another character's suit and that's it and it's just so also i still after like two weeks i can't decide if i like the animation style sometimes i think it looks really good sometimes i think it looks terrible i i really don't it's know it's very uh like the telltale games yes yeah so yeah at times it it, it looks all right at, at times it's a bit underwhelming also, what's what's really underwhelming are the performances in it. Um, you you have some name act like we 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 have discussed this that there are some named actors and there are some sound alikes. 
And it's not even that the sound likes are the problem. I don't think they are. It's that it feels like everyone recorded their lines from their gaff over <laughs> over the course of like ten minutes. Do you know? Do you know what it's like? <laughs> like crusty. It's like crusty <laughs> and doing the lines. <laughs> hey kids! It's it's exactly that, but less charismatic. Um. Yeah. I, some of the performances were really notably not. Here comes P- Peggy Carmer again. Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so episode one as we said what if captain america was a woman i guess is is the question and the answer is the, the go on a captain america adventure <laughs> yeah <laughs> right episode two a little bit more interesting so it's it's episode two deals with instead of um chris pratt's character i know star lord but whatever his peter quill yeah, it's instead of Peter Quill. What if they picked up, um, Black Panther? Oh yeah, T'Challa. T'Challa. What if they picked him up that day and he became Star Lord? So that's a little bit more what I expected from the show. A little bit more merging of the worlds, right? Because when you have literally all these properties, it's a little bit like Star Wars. Like, why limit yourself to a very narrow mm. idea? You know. So episode two was, was was definitely a bit more interesting. Um, still really fucking boring though. <laughs> like I I found it hard to get into it. Like it the episodes are like thirty minutes long, maybe. I think I think I watched it in four sittings. Um, and I don't know whether it's the art style or or whatever it is, but even with the more interesting concept, I still found it a bit laborious. And also we have a new. Um, a new example we have to use, which is now going to replace our "Well, that just happened" as the quintessential <laughs> Marvel comedy moment, oh, right? Gosh. So there's a bit in episode two where uh, Michael Rooker's character Yondu is uh, complaining about this this wacky suicide mission plan they have, right? He's going, "We're not going to do it because this, and we'll get killed, and this will happen." Blah, blah. So he's having a big rant, right? Rant, 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 rant. For, not really that long, but he has, you know, a little substantial rant and you feel like, okay, this character does not want to go on this mission. And then Nebula goes, will I put you down as undecided? And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> that is not comedy! <laughs> uh, I think you'll find it is, sir. Uh, I, I, I jumped out of my chair with rage when that happened. So that's, that's the example I'll give now for what Marvel considers as comedy, is a character says, I'm not going to go on that mission. Oh, when I put you down, it's undecided. Oh, Nebula, shut up. You're supposed to be a robot woman who has, like, no personality. That's your whole gimmick. Anyway. Episode 2, slightly better insofar as it wasn't just a Captain, a Captain America story. It had a bit yeah. more going for it. I didn't, um, it I didn't watch it. I, 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 with one, I tapped out. I tapped out with yeah. one. I would say, even if you're interested in that concept, I would still kind of temper my expectations for it. I, I think it... But it is going to have... I mean... Not massively so, but it is going to have some tie-in to the main stuff. Because uh, isn't uh, Jeffrey Wright is voicing a character? He's the overseer or the watcher or whatever it is. Yeah. The watcher or some shit like that. And I guess that will actually be a character in the movies at some point. Okay. But then um, I hope that when it shows up in the movie, they don't have this, like, you have to have an assumed knowledge by watching this completely arbitrary what-if series. Yeah. As, as someone who, who hasn't enjoyed basically any of the Disney Plus stuff so far... 
Um, I, I'm, I'm still fairly confident that there, you're not going to have to have seen this. I, I think this is nerd shit. For Can I throw out, by the way, I was listening to Mark Kermode's podcast yeah. uh, that he does with Jack Howard. Now, I, re- I really think Mark Kermode, his, his opinions often align with mine. Jack Howard, who's like the younger, hipper version, I guess. Mm. Not so much because what they were doing was they were doing a rundown of their like mid-year top 10 best and worst things they've watched lists. Kermode is, is quite often goes for the more kind of... He has a kind of a British slant, but also kind of goes a little bit more indie, a little bit more, you know... Mm off the beaten track the white white like he's not having my film of the year fucking fast and furious nine you know right um but the jack howard guy had right first of all on his worst list mayor of east town and on his best list wandavision and loki Uh, i was like and his reasoning for mayor of east town was like there, there's parts of the like the way the set is done with blocking and the way some certain characters interact that I just can't get into, and I'm like, well, fucking, one division was just people doing this for the whole finale, uh, like throwing imaginary fi- fireballs while standing in front of a green screen, and low key was pretty much that for half of it as well. Like, how can you not buy? Like, fair enough, everyone can have an opinion, but how can you not buy into such a minuscule aspect of one thing and not be completely turned off by what is a, a big problem? that uh, Marvel shows have, which for me is very immersion breaking where the green screen is just so overused. Anyway, I don't want to harp on about it. That's all the TV I watched this week. I'm coming to the end of Tintin. I'm going to be very sad when that's over. Yeah. I've only got two more, like five more episodes, I think. Hmm. Anyway. I haven't watched any movies though. I think Barry, that's yeah, all. The, the, the movie list is fairly, uh, pretty quiet here. Uh, did anyone watch the Spider-Man leak? No. Okay. Um, if I, let me try and explain this to you. Um, <laughs> I don't own a telescope, so I wasn't able. To. I saw. So I saw someone describe it as like a 144p <laughs> trailer, and I was like, no, it was 144p on the original device it was recorded <laughs> on. It, the the video that leaked was literally a recording someone made. Of someone else's phone who had put it on their Instagram story, it seemed like, because it was doing that jumpy mm-hmm. thing every 30 seconds with, that uh-huh. you get when someone posts a long story. And that Instagram story had been recorded from some kind of editing suite uh, off that monitor. So you're literally, it was like three monitors of Inception. Also, it seems like it was, um, uh, <laughs> it seems like it was a, uh, there's a, I, I couldn't discern what it was. I think Disney know who it was, but there's a watermark on it because obviously they watermark all that shit. So if you leak it, you know, but it seems kind of like uh, so, uh, someone gave it to a friend who gave it to this prominent leaker who didn't leak the actual video to protect the anonymity of the person, but showed it to a friend of theirs who then actually leaked it. Mm. So um, it seems like that's, that may be a legitimate, that might be a legitimate job costing situation. Uh, yeah, it's it was a hilariously tiny, grainy little video. Uh, also, unfinished special effects, uh, uh, tons of like blue screen and like PS One demo graphics in in the background. I won't spoil any of the stuff at the minute because it is not it's not out yet, and people have been avoiding it. But I just thought it was very funny. Um, it was the most like that's how starved people were for this fucking thing, though that they were watching the most unwatchable fucking video you've ever seen. 
Um, like it was like something you download in in like legitimately twenty five years ago. It was so bad. Anyway, uh, the only yeah. So the only film I watched this week is I. First of all, I will say I had my best cinema going experience I've had so far since the mm. since the return of the film of the the cinema. Uh, everyone was very well behaved. There were no phone calls. There was no messing. There was no joking. There was barely any talking. I was very happy. Unfortunately. I was watching Don't Breathe 2, so I did not get to, like, actually enjoy a good film, but whatever. Um, Yeah, I saw Don't Breathe 2. I loved Don't Breathe 1. I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was innovative. I thought it was scary. I thought it was legitimately clever. I thought it had a twist that I didn't see coming and that was, you know, good, not just surprising, like, actually entertaining. And I, to be honest, I did, had no clue until the trailer came out that they were making a new one, um, directed by someone who had a producer and writing credit on Evil Dead and Don't Breathe One. Uh, so I don't know why. I don't know why the director of the first film he has a writing credit on this one. I don't know why. I don't know why that decision was made. But anyway, it's really fucking weird. So the guy who is, for lack of a better term, the monster in the first film, is effectively the baby face here um and they don't earn that at all it's one of those movies that leans really heavily on good people are people who are nice to dogs and bad people are people who hurt dogs um there are so many scenes where characters interact with dogs to indicate their their quality as people that i was like use a different animal use a different animal i get it yeah i get it he 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 might be a weird creepy rape dungeon monster but he likes the dog okay i get it like it's it's so completely um stupid so so the first half of the film plays out somewhat similarly to the the original this blind guy who who um used to be a navy seal there's like a home invasion but he's like a, a fucking train killer and even though he's blind he can take people out a little bit of a twist with the revelation of who the people attacking him are that I won't spoil like the like the first film it's a significant kind of development it does change the way the it kind of recontextualizes everything and it, and the second half of the film is then completely different but to me it's it's for the negative not in the sense that it doesn't make sense but I already struggled kind of rooting for this character they try and position him as the hero I found that very difficult to do the twist then makes it feel like Again, without kind of spoiling it, it's kind of it kind of seems like you're. It's like a Shades of Grey movie, but where everyone, I, no one has any redeeming qualities, and so it's just kind of like a really shitty, ugly-looking movie, or a bunch of arseholes try and murder each other for ninety minutes. It was at least brief. It was not a very long movie. It was, it was bad. It was it was pretty damn bad. Um, completely needless. Like I had no interest whatsoever in a uh, in a sequel, even as someone who liked it. And um, I do not think they earned the same way, you know, uh, a Freddy or a Jason or or even a Michael Myers. They could do it. I don't think they have yet, but they could definitely make a movie where you're like kind of rooting for Michael Myers. Don't think it was earned at all. I think those franchises are also way more camp, so that those uh, those heroes kind of are a little bit easier to root for. Uh, just tons of bad decisions tons of bad decisions i i really wish they left this one alone this is this is one that's kind of really sucks because you're just like oh god like they could have they could have just left it it wasn't and it wasn't even crying out for a sequel it's not a film you'd ever watch and expect a sequel um yeah rubbish really rubbish avoid that one um uh that's all i saw 
That's the only movie yeah. this week. We we have a brief movie hmm. cough this week. I was just looking at my Don't Breathe One review. Because I was thinking, is that was that the film where it was like really good and then I didn't like the ending? That was one of those ones. I that was that's it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember, I I actually thought I I scored it lower than I did, not because I think it's worse. I don't really remember, but I I'm like really really positive about it. And then I'm like I fucking hated the ending. <laughs> that's that's the review basically. I may need to revisit that one. I don't I don't actually remember what happens in the end, but. Old me from when it came out and I saw it in the cinema really fucking loved it and really fucking hated the end of it. So I probably will not be checking out based on that. I probably won't be checking out the sequel. No, I, I, there'd be, there'd, I don't think there'd be anything for you um, no. uh, there with that one. Um, so uh, will we jump into the game, Goff? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, God, the backlog is getting kind of big. For me, I think I need to I need to jump into some stuff. It's trying to find trying to find gaming time outside of the stream stuff is actually quite hard. Yeah. Um. But um, I did uh, get access to the Riders Republic beta. I'm interested which, in that game, which say. is the Ubisoft Extreme Sports biking, rocket packing, parachuting, whatever the fuck game. Yeah. Uh, Paul, ask me if I can talk about the Riders Republic beta. Are you allowed to talk about that beta? Barry? I'm not allowed to talk about the Riders Republic beta. <laughs> Uh, I was looking forward to streaming it and having a little chit chat about it. It is heavily NDA'd, so I cannot talk about it. But, oh, come uh, on! Um, no, smart. Ubisoft might be listening. Eve himself might be listening. <laughs> uh, Barry, I ask you personally not to do that. Um, I'm very disappointed because of this. I will uh, never make a new Splinter Cell because of your oh, deception. <laughs> I will never do this. I will never do this. Um, that's yeah. I, I hmm, what have I also been playing? Not really anything else other than the stream games, which I think we have covered fairly thoroughly. Yeah, um, I think you had a pretty good Sunshine stream this week. There was no thank you very much. Yeah, no fucking up uh, for you know minutes and minutes. No, it was on pretty end. smooth. It was pretty... it was pretty smooth. Especially that that last uh, world is quite a tricky one. The, the sort of polluted bay. Um, I found that well. I mean, difficult. after after Pianta Village, it's it's a bit of a come down. Especially the one where you're going through the wall and the bits kind of slide in and out. Like that one frustrated me when I did it. Right. Just yeah, trying yeah. to figure out what to do. But yeah, you, you, I think you're getting better at the, the sunshine. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what I did on this past week's one. Noki Bay. Noki Basically, Bay Noki Bay, Bay, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I did the uh, uh, pachinko machine. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> fucking hell. Like, why? What? But why is it luck? Why is it all luck? Why are there so many things? Like, because I realized, I, like, if you go back and watch that stream, which you can do at twitch.tv slash Friday and also on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, I kind of realized after a while is that the, they specifically, like, that level does not have the same physics as the rest of the game. I'm certain yeah. of that. Because that hill in any other level, you would be able to walk up. It, I, it's very much like, they don't say this, but it's like they've definitely put, like, Pluto gravity on this fucking level or something. Because to try and use the jet, if you, like, think like a normal fucking video game oh i'll steer myself i'll jump this way i'll use the jetpack no no that will mm. that will fuck you up more and so it's like they literally just want you to jump and bounce yourself up like a pachinko ball and just t- put the controller down and if you die banana banana nana, you know it doesn't matter <laughs> that's that's you play you, you play silly games you get silly prizes lad that's very much the 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 mario sunshine thing um although i will say with all that said, I got that level done shockingly fast. I, I think I all three of us were kind of like, it's, yeah. it's weird, it's broken, but it's it's ultimately not super hard. 
Yes. Yeah. Like I think that was number three on my list of five was the pachinko machine. Mm. Um, it's not the hardest in the world. Um, but yeah, I think I think the reason why, whatever about the thing on the back, I think they just want to slip down because they don't want you to cheat to get the the coins. They want you to do it the pachinko way. But then, when you get shot up, I think the game is created in such a way that it's pushing you towards the center because they want that arc that when you jump up. But the game doesn't recognize that even when you reach the apex of your jump, if you try and use the flood to go one way, it still keeps pushing you as if it's trying to push you out from that initial jump. Um, which, you know, it's Mario Sunshine. They rushed it out. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I think you are like one shine away, isn't it? You, you left it on the seventh what? shine of that world yeah the seventh the seventh shine of the uh, the the evil gunk world the, the water Bay. um with the creepy underwater level and um, then you're on your way to the finale yeah so that uh, so funnily enough yeah I, I i there will not be a stream this thursday i'm very sorry everyone my my social mm. life half half yeah. dictated that i go out and like talk to actual people and not little weird elephant uh, people go <laughs> mario you need to get pull the cork out I'm, of the on, I'm on fire <laughs> you need to put me out <laughs> there's a ghost mario come to my hotel for the 10th time i have another <laughs> fucking problem Pick up this mop, Mario. There's shit on the floor. Why don't you fucking do something about it? Um, so yeah, no, uh, no Mario this week. So just the old uh, Bloodborne. But I will be. So yeah, so a week from Thursday should then be the stream, the finale. We should yeah, be wrapping up uh, uh, September second. Yeah, will be uh, well. Hypothetically, I mean, I'll get to the last level. Who knows what happens? I mean, I, yeah. I, I could, I could spend. Another two months banging my head against the last mm. level. I don't think the last level is is super difficult, to be honest. Yeah, I typically don't think they are in Mario games. That's kind of the funny thing is once you once you get there, they're like, all right, here. You what go. I'll say though is obviously I, I, I'm not in the mood of spoiling things, but I'll say is if there's anything else you want to do, I would do it before the seventh shine in Noki Bay, because once you get that, something happens to the game world that's going to preclude you from doing anything else. So okay. Either you do the Noki Bay shine and then the end game. It's it's, it's kind of like the point in the game when you get to no the seven shine and seven world. It's kind of like okay, you're on your way to the end now. Yeah, so it's the point of no return. Um, I myself been streaming a lot. I streamed two and a half hours today of Jeez. Ocarina of Time. So I'm Jesus. on however many fucking hours on the clock today. But I finished work at three thirty today, and I was minding the little dog. So I was basically stuck in this room anyway. So I was like, let's fucking play some Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah, good, I got good stats. Given that usually when you stream at that time, there's like fucking nobody about. People on this side of the planet are at work. People on the other side of the planet are waking up having to fucking look at charms. But uh, no, the numbers are pretty good. I was happy with it. Um, but yeah, I got stuck on I got stuck on a level that I thought was going to be much easier than it was. Wasted about half an hour on that. But um, when I start to stream, I I have a very specific goal. So I'm saying we're doing Shadow Temple today. And the stream will ask however long it takes me to do that. So sometimes it'll be an hour 20. Sometimes, like today, two and a half hours. Um, but we're only two streams from the end of Ocarina of Time. We have Spirit Temple and Ganon's Tower. That's it. Then we're finito the game. And then we move on to WWF No Mercy. Or, I don't know, whatever else I decide to. Mm. Whether, whether it'll just be No Mercy. Maybe now that I have the capture card, I can, I can mix it up with something else. Something a bit more modern. Yeah, but, it is um, nice. It is nice having having. I because I remember 
before I started on Twitch specifically, it was kind of just, well, PS4, whatever's on right? the, the PS4. So yeah, whatever's on that. And the, the, the capture card, having that, that bit of liberty to just do whatever yeah, is. That's great. Handy. Very yeah. good little investment. So I don't know. I'll play, I'll play WF No Mercy and then I don't know what else. Um, I'm, I'm too deep into Halo to suddenly start doing Halo. And uh, even though Halo is kind of my, my, maybe Halo just continues to be my game that I play when I'm just playing my game and not worrying about setting up stuff. But um, I don't know. I have loads of other games. Maybe Paper Mario on the Switch, something like that. Something that's that's a bit more of a pain in the hole to play. <laughs> so it'll give me an excuse to do it, you know. Um, and yeah, I'm still playing Halo, like I said. Um, I think I, I don't remember if I said it already on this podcast, but I did the, the library level in Halo, which is like one of the least fun, whatever about Sunshine, Barry, one of the least fun levels in any video game. Okay. Uh, four floors... Of just constant the flood, oh, okay. Um, which was such a pain in the hole. Because um, you know, Halo. I understand Halo is a very checkpointed game, right? Uh, it, it's good for you reach the next part, you get a checkpoint. You reach the next part, but I don't want to play it. Just run to the next checkpoint. I want to play it more as it's intended to be played. I want to kill all the enemies before I proceed. I want to play kind of stealthy. Jump out with the shotgun. Boom, boom. Hide back into cover. Machine gun, you know, that's how I want to play the game. I almost want to play like a more modern shooter. But then there's some parts of the game that are so fucking annoying. It's like, right, run to the next checkpoint and just keep as much health as you possibly can. If you lose too much health, just die and try again. So it almost doesn't become a shooter at all. It almost becomes like a, a, a runner. Like, um, So, it, you know, although it's the um, Master Chief Collection Edition, it's got a nice lick of paint. There are parts like that. That reminds you that this is a game from like 2001. So it's, you know, even though it looks nice and modern, certain elements of that, uh, like that, have not aged super well. But I'm nearly at the end of Combat Evolved. I think I have like two more levels in it. And then I'm on to Halo 2. And then Halo 3. And then ODST. And then whichever of Reacher 4 came out first. Do you really and think you're going to do them all? I'm I'm literally going to do them all. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I want to have them all beat before Infinite comes out. I know that's difficult but we'll see the games aren't very long campaign wise they're like eight to nine hours each so i don't know 50 60 hours before i get burnt out on the same fucking one corridor 900 times in each level <laughs> um i don't know hopefully by the time you get to like halo 3 odst reach they're a bit more varied but like halo 1 is literally corridor area with enemies that corridor again another area with enemies corridor same area again corridor you're outside corridor or oh, you're back to the same thing again for like an hour <laughs> so it's a bit annoying a bit repetitive but look it is an old game uh you have to give it a little bit of leeway in that aspect but anyway that's all the games i've been playing also i found my old game boy advance mm. and my old uh, nintendo ds which still works they're in the attic i found them i didn't know they were up there that was cool i found a load of old uh, ds games as well so i might maybe can play some of them not stream them but like Play some old DS games I haven't thought about in a while. Anyway, that's all my games. Alrighty. Games, games. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have any other uh, games here. Let me see. We have uh, a quiz, allegedly. We have a quiz. Hmm? We do We do have a quiz. Um, okay. As listeners will know, uh, we love nothing more than rampant self-indulgence on the Chair Shop podcast. And of course. this week happens to be my 30th anniversary as a wrestling fan. 
30 wow, really? years since uh, SummerSlam 1991, which was held on the 26th of August. Oh, uh, that was the first wrestling show I ever watched, and well, what a what a week to have the 30th anniversary! Still, yeah, still it enjoying it, just like a like a nine year old. But anyway, I have got a quiz which um, goes through my 30 years as a wrestling fan. Ooh. So I've got uh, four categories with four questions each. Um, so eight eight questions for each of you, uh, multiple choice. So you will have a chance of answering them. It's not a complete stab in the dark, and it was all stuff that I've probably talked about, you know, in the past. Um, so we've got four categories, um, two points for a correct answer. If you get it wrong, your opponent can steal for one point. Okay, so bear that in mind. Um, so we have four categories. We have favorite matches, live events, IWC, or tape trading. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss a coin to see who goes first. So I've got heads for Paul, tails for Barry. So let me just toss this. And it's heads. So, Paul, you get to choose first. Okay, so, you've got four categories. Uh, favorite matches, live events, IWC, or tape trading? What would you like to pick? <laughs> oh, i got favorite matches. Favorite matches, okay. What is the gimmick of the match that I consider to be my all-time favorite? Cage match, submission match, war games match, or street fight? I was going to say war games before the options came up. So I'm going to stick with war games. You're going to stick with war games. Paul, you're 100% correct. Is of course war games 92, my all time yeah. favorite wrestling match. Very, very good. Um, over to you, Barry. I think I knew the year as well. You, I don't uh, get a bonus point for it. But I think I, no bonus points, but you get I was thinking war games 92. <laughs> extra kudos from me for, for knowing that. So over to you, Barry. What um, category would you like to select? Uh, IWC. IWC, okay. Uh, in, 2000 and, in 2001, I became world champion of IWF Trivia Fed. That is the International Wrestling Federation. But what wrestler did I roleplay as in the IWF? <laughs> was, it, was it Christian, Chris Jericho, William Regal, or the fictional wrestler Caleb McCool? That's the best question we've ever had in the cruise. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I mean, my, the temptation to say Caleb is uh, <laughs> is very real. You know what? I have to go. Oh, my God. I have to say Caleb. Oh, you're incorrect. Ah, um, over to you, Paul. Steal. Do you want to steal, try and steal for one point? Yeah, I'm so, going to try and steal. But I, I, I'm I, going to say, let me just confirm what the options were. They were yeah. Christian, Chris yeah. Jericho, and William Regal. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I'm going to say Chris Jericho, Y2 Joe. You're incorrect as well, Paul. Arr. It was actually William Regal. I thought it might have been um, too too early for Regal, but I guess he was around like 2000. Yeah, I think he debuted then. So I actually, I did role play as all four of those gentlemen in various federations, but <laughs> I was William Regal in the IWF. Um, so no points for either of you there. Um, but back to you, Paul. Select uh, the next category. Okay. Um... I will go for... I'll go for IWC as well. I quite enjoyed that question. Another so IWC, okay. <laughs> um, what was the name of the column that I wrote for the WrestlingX.net website? What? Why am I only learning this today? After... <laughs> I love this. This is in, great. In 2002, 
where I took a sideways look at the weekly wrestling news. <laughs> Do, well, before you give me the options, yeah. does this still exist somewhere we can see it? Uh, I don't think it is online. Possibly oh, on the man. way way back archive website. But How have we got five hundred and thirty two episodes? Well, I've got to save something area. back. You know what I mean. This is you know yeah, all, Jesus. At, all at once. So the uh, the um the multiple choice was it A uh, Have I got wrestling news for you? Was it B <laughs> the <laughs> the World Banter Federation? <laughs> was it C Spoofomania, or was it D? Just jokes, just jokes. I'm split between two of them. Okay, and I was I was pretty sure on what it was going to be until just jokes came out because I know that you were you were a big just Joe guy. Yeah. I'll go, oh, 2002. Yeah, I'll go just jokes. That's incorrect. Ah, Barry, yeah, I didn't I was, want to say I what was, I thought the other one was because he might. I was going to say just jokes because I need. Yeah, yeah, just Joe was what I do. Yes, go on. So you've got. Have I got wrestling news for you? The World Banter Federation or Spoofomania? For one point, you can steal. It can't be the Banter Federation. It can't be. No way. Have I got wrestling news for? I mean, see, it's tough because it's like. What I know Joe's humor to be, but <laughs> 20 years is a long time, yeah, so I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> I'll go, have I got wrestling news for you? Oh, incorrect. It was. Oh, I was going to say Spoofomania. It was actually Spoofomania. Shit. Which is the worst name on that list. I came, yeah, up, with, that's what I I came up with the other three yesterday. <laughs> They're all better than that. Oh, so, wow. yeah, unfortunately, no points on that one. But back to Barry. No, wait, was it Barry or Paul? Barry. No, it was Barry. Barry Me, Barry. yeah, Paul yep. went there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so next category. Favourite matches, live events, IWC or tape trading? Tape trading. Tape trading, okay. What is the only wrestling Blu-ray that I owned? Is it Money in the Bank 2011, Extreme Rules 2012, WrestleMania 31, or CM Punk Best in the World documentary? Those are all really good options, and I feel like it's a tough one. This one, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like I would have. Those probably would have been the four guesses I might have made. So obviously, Joe went to thirty-one. I know that, and it was a damn fine pay per view. It was a main event, burger winning main event, a burger winning main event. It was. (laughs) Oh god, that that seems like a lifetime ago. The everyone and their dog had that CM Punk documentary, Um, and then Money in the Bank and Extreme Rules, two of the best pay per views of. Last of this modern era. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, it's like a crap. It could be literally any of them. I will say Money in the Bank. No, oh, that's incorrect. That's fuck. incorrect. Over to you, Paul, to steal for one point. Is it Extreme Rules 2012, WrestleMania 31, or CM Punk Best in the World documentary? See, I was thinking. I was thinking Extreme Rules when the, when they first yeah. came up, right? And then Barry r- reminded me that you went to 31. Oh. What other reason to own something than you were there? WrestleMania 31. It's actually incorrect as well, Paul. It was Extreme Rules 2012. Oh, Rules. man, I should have stuck with the cat. I, I don't know why, but for some reason I was thinking, 
I have that. I saw it like on sale in some fucking HMV thing for like, and I was like, "There's no way he would have that exact same one as well." Yeah, oh, yeah, that's annoying. So actually, I, Money in the Bank 2011. I don't think it ever came out on Blu-ray because I did want to buy that, but I don't. I don't know if it ever did. But yeah. I'm not sure if it did. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it did. Yeah, so no points uh, scored on that one. So back to you. You know what? Yeah, Extreme Rules might have been the reason we might both have it. Might be one of the first ones. I think. Might yeah, it, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I have. I do have that one. Back to you, Paul. Um, for the next question. Well, we have to mix it up. Do you want to mix it up? Okay. Live events. Let's go for live events. Um, so my first ever live show was the iconic SummerSlam 92 event at Wembley. But what replica belt was bought for me at the show? <laughs> was it the Intercontinental title, the Winged Eagle WWF World title, the tag team title, or I did not get a belt because my uncle said 20 quid was a ripoff for a cheap bit of foam? Well, I'm going to say, (laughs) again, it could be any of them. Hello. I'm going to say, I'm going to say tag team title. It's incorrect, Paul. Barry, chance to steal. Yeah, I I was going to, I don't know why, I was going to guess tag team as well. I'll say... Uh, just because you you wanted to emulate your hero, t- British Bulldog, he's gonna win whether he wants to or not. You're gonna, I'm gonna say Intercontinental. That is correct, Barry, for one point it's on the board. Finally, yes, yes, and I still still have it at home in my mum's loft. Um, so yeah. <laughs> what the British Bulldog? <laughs> oh Jesus, no! <laughs> if only. Um, so back to you, Barry, for the next uh, category. Alrighty. We have matches, live events, IWC, or tape trading. Let's go. Let's go live events again. I thought that was yeah. Okay, live events. So I attended a TNA taping at Wembley Arena in February 2016 and witnessed the final UK tour of which TNA legend? Was it AJ Styles, Abyss, Kurt Angle, or James Storm? Hmm. Joe's very good at setting the questions. It could be literally any of these. Because I was like, my gut was to say Kurt Angle, but then I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to in my head, I'm trying to think of AJ. No, I think AJ was gone already by that time. I'm going to say Kurt Angle. That is correct, Barry, for two points. Yes, one of my my favorite wrestlers, of course, and finally got to see him live. Um, Back to you, Paul. Next category. We'll go back to favorite matches. Favorite matches, okay. Um, This is one you both probably should know. Which two men contested the match that I crowned best of the decade in the 2010s Chair Shot Awards? Was it Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, John Cena and CM Punk, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, or John Cena and AJ Styles? I think it was John Cena and CM Punk, not Money in the Bank, the one from Raw. That's 100% correct, Paul. Yes, it was uh, the, well the Dallas done. Dallas Raw match they had uh, just before WrestleMania. I watched yesterday. See, when I, when I know it, I know an extra information. <laughs> <laughs> extra information, very good. Or I don't know it at all. They're the two options. Yeah. Uh, back to you, Barry. Okay. Uh, I'll go back. Uh, let's go IWC again. That, that category has banged every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, this is also one you should, you, well, you may remember. The discussion okay. of which pay-per-view on the Pilkopedia wrestling thread inspired me to start watching wrestling again. Was it ECW One Night Stand 2006, WrestleMania 25, WrestleMania 26, or Royal Rumble 2009? 
I, I, I'll take a punt on this because I think this was mine. I can't, oh God, there's a couple of months between it. Uh, I'll say Royal Rumble. It was, yeah. No, that's incorrect. No. What? Well, the thread was Royal Rumble 2009. The thread yeah, was, the but thread yeah, was that, yeah, I didn't, I got, oh, actually, I won't say because. No, well, like, <laughs> Paul's going to steal. You've well, got the opportunity to steal. These, whatever, Joe, I know the facts are. <laughs> the thread was Royal Rumble 2009, as I've already said. Now, I'm really bad at the years for WrestleMania. Let me right. just work back. So 2000 was 16. 2010 would have been 26 by that logic. Therefore, the year before would have been WrestleMania 25, which would be my guess. That is correct, yes. Paul gets one point. So I, yeah, I think the thread, the thread started before that, but I... It was the Shawn Michaels Undertaker match that kind of drew me back yeah. in. That's when I started posting. I was like, oh, these lads talking about wrestling. I'll show them a thing or two. Don't worry about that. I'll show um, them what, uh, what Spoofomania has got to say. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah so one, one point to Paul there. Um, so back over to you, Paul. To me. Actually, for the category. Yeah. Uh, I go live events again. Okay, back to the live events. Um, I've been lucky enough to see the Intercontinental title change hands three times live. Uh, the first one was British Bulldog at SummerSlam 92. The third was Kevin Owens on Raw in Anaheim. Um, but who was the second man I saw win the IC title? Was it Cody Rhodes, Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, or Luke Harper? Hmm. That is a very good question. See, I was my original thinking was this was going to be a, a an England England based mm. change. Yeah. But not, not this is. I'm thinking now more likely to be Los Angeles. Um, Cody Harper. I'll go Harper. I don't know why that's calling out to me. That's incorrect. Over to you, Barry, for one point. Uh, complete stab in the dark here. I'll go Cody. No, it's incorrect as well. It was Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 31. Ah, He won the yeah. ladder match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no points there. Um, so back to you, uh, Barry. Okay. Um, favorite matches. Oh, no. Okay. Is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Favorite matches. Uh, which match at SummerSlam 1991 most inspired my 30 years of wrestling fandom? Was it the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, the Legion of Doom versus the Nasty Boys, or Virgil versus the Million Dollar Man? Hmm. Oh, would you have been smarky enough at this age to, to, to get... I, I... I'll have to say Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. That is correct, Barry. Yes, that is, that is the match. Still a, still my favorite wrestler to this day, Bret Hart. So yeah, two points. Two points to you. Um, so it currently stands at, I believe, five points apiece. Um, oh, no, wait. I fucked that up. Anyway, we'll come back to the scores. <laughs> I'm trying to do it now. But um, yeah, back to you, back to you, Paul, for the uh, next um... question. We've got one left from each, I think, category. Okay, well, I better cash in on on favorite matches, I suppose. Then, okay. Ooh, what was the first women's match that I ever rated five stars? Was it Bailey versus Sasha Banks 
uh, Iron Man match NXT TakeOver. Becky Lynch versus Asuka, Royal Rumble 2020. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, Lights Out match. Or Jesse McKay versus Cheerleader Melissa, Shimmer, Volume 47. Hmm. I'll go for the Iron Woman match. That's incorrect, Paul. No points for you there. I mean, I think you're right in that. I think it's a bit overrated. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like the other ones, by the way. It's just, uh, yeah, this one got five stars. So, Barry, is it Barry Le- Be- Becky Lynch versus Asuka, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, or Jesse McKay versus cheerleader Melissa? I can't believe Jesse McKay has a five-star match. No fucking way. Uh, I'd have to say uh, the Lights Out match. That is correct. Yes, it was uh, this year. First first women's match to get five stars. All those other ones in the four, four and a half star range. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was the first one to give the big five. I would I would have given... It was uh, Sasha and Becky on NXT. Had a five star mm. for this for this writer. Mm, okay, well, okay. you you go you go right for Spoofer Mania, and 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 we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not quite there yet. So we've got left. We have one live event, one IWC, and one tape trading. So it is back to who's it back to? Barry. Me. Back to Barry. I'll go tape trading. Okay, tape trading. Uh, so actually, we've got three left for tape trading. I don't know why I thought it was one left. Um. My only tape trading experience was to obtain a copy of Triple A's When Worlds Collide pay-per-view. And which other show? Was it Best of the Super Juniors 91, WCW Collision in Korea, ECW Barely Legal 1997, or Heroes of Wrestling? Hmm... I say I I I think it's the most obvious one. I I I'll have to go barely legal. That's incorrect. Ah shit! Over to you, Paul. Give me them again. Best of the Super Juniors, nineteen ninety one. WCW Collision in Korea, and Heroes of Wrestling. I go Heroes of Wrestling. It's also incorrect. It was actually Best of the Super Juniors, nineteen ninety one. Of course, it was the smart. Only a baby then. It, I no, I didn't get it at the time. Yeah, it was like ah, I, this was probably near in the Attitude Era. But yeah, the two smarkiest kind of shows, uh, the New Japan and Triple A. Right. Um, so back to you, Me, Paul. Paul, for the final for the next one. So we've got IWC and we've got one IWC, two tape, tape trading, and one live event. We got tape trading, so okay. Which WWE pay per view did I record off Skybox Office? <laughs> And then sell VHS copies of on eBay for £5 a pop. That is illegal. <laughs> Was it Armageddon 2000, Royal Rumble okay. 2000, Royal Rumble okay. 2002, or okay. SummerSlam 2001? Well, it's got to be one of the the, the latter two, because the first two were on Channel 4, not on Skybox. Oh, look at this sleuth. Um, <laughs> so it's... Give me the, give me the last two again specifically. Royal Rumble two thousand and two, two or SummerSlam two thousand and one. Those are the other last two. Okay, I th- I'm gonna. S- I think, I think Sky Box Office was only reintroduced properly after the Channel Four deal ended. So I'm gonna go for Royal Rumble two thousand and two. 
That is correct, Paul. Yeah, I believe yeah. that was the first one on Skybox Office. Yeah. That was is, that was good sleuthing by Paul. Yeah, there, it was. which is why I, we sold it because <laughs> people didn't want to pay fifteen quid for it. So, yeah. uh, yes, very good. So back to you, Barry. So we have one tape trading, uh, one IWC, and uh, one live event left. I, I'll go for the last live event. Okay. I attended New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest in August 2019, but what Japanese legend did I have on the t-shirt that I was wearing to the event? Was it the Great Muta, Jushin Thunder Liger, Mizuhara Mizawa, or Kenta Kabashi? I have no fucking idea, but I will guess <laughs> Muta. Oh, that's incorrect, Barry. Well, I, I'm thinking it's Liger because that was kind of your whole reason for going to see Liger before he retired. That's one point to you, Paul. Very well remembered. Yeah, I did think he might be there. Yeah. He wasn't the twat. Um, but yeah, I did, <laughs> I did wear a Liger t-shirt to that event. Uh, so yeah, two two left. We've got one IWC and one tape trading. Well, we've got to leave the best for last, okay. don't we? I'll go tape trader. Tape trader. <laughs> Uh, in 2014, I backed a Kickstarter for a DVD documentary of which cult indie wrestler. Was it Colt Cabana, Kenny Omega, Nick Gage, or Freight Train? <laughs> Freight Train, obviously. Yeah, I thought you would have got that one. That was covered on the on the podcast at the time. I, I, when you when you started asking that question, I was I was going to I thought I would have guessed it was Nigel. Which one? Oh, no, Paul. You I have Nigel. the Nigel DVD. Yeah. It's in yeah, my collection okay. right now. Yeah. Okay, so the final one to Barry, um, which is IWC. IWC. Uh, so what was my favorite wrestling website during the Attitude Era? Was it the smarks.com, the shooters.net, rajawwf.com, or 411wrestling.com? Um I hmm. Just because it's the one I instantly think of when I think that far back, I'll go Raja. That's incorrect, Barry. Ah, Paul, can you steal for one point? That's well, we obviously lost a great wrestler uh, from 4 and 1 very recently. So I'll, I'll say 4 and 1. I'll say you would have been following it that long ago. No, that's also incorrect. Um, so I did I did used to visit all of those websites, but my number one favorite was the smarks.com, uh, which, as it is described, was a bunch of smarky uh, wrestling <laughs> writers. Um, so that. That concludes the 30th anniversary quiz. So thank you very much for taking part. Oh, nice. the, the final scores were Paul 11, Barry 6. So very good. Well done, Paul. We had a few ones well he worked well. out there. Very, yeah. very well done. Right. Let's, we do have some emails. Let's do them quickly. I have two. And one of them is about short time. So it's very appropriate. Uh, first email is from Michelle. Hmm. Uh, favorite under three minutes song. She says, "Hi Paul, Joe, and I talk about songs. I it would have been useful if that came up in the quiz, but <laughs> Joe and I talk about songs that are under three minutes and try and list some of our favorites. What are some of your Barry and Joe's favorite songs that are under three minutes? Two of mine are April Come She Will by Simon and Garfunkel, and Top of the World by the Carpenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when I think of songs of that length, immediately I think Song Two by Blur." Oh yeah, I think uh, T for the Tillerman, Cat Stevens. Um, what else? Feel free to throw in some here while I'm while I'm blanking. Uh, um, so I think Michelle's expecting me to say Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. 
<laughs> that okay. would be probably second behind Dreaming of You by The Coral, um, Ooh, which is only that. 2 minutes, 21 seconds long, but does everything it needs to do in those 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. Brilliant song. I'm drawing a blank. I'm rubbish with stuff like this. No, I, I, I'm drawing a blank. April yeah. Comes You Will is a great one. It was That's already said. One. I'll, have to, I'll have to double down on that one. That's a, great a, a very quick Google. Songs under three minutes. Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Queen. Mm. Happy Together by the Turtles. Um, what else do we got here? Elvis Presley, Heartbreak Hotel, Spice Girls, Wannabe. Uh, soft Cell, Tainted Love, Abba, Waterloo. Oh. Uh, White Stripes. White Stripes fell in love with a girl. That was one of the ones I actually thought of when I got the email originally. That I mm-hmm. forgot about. Um, Buzzcocks, Ever Fallen in Love. Narls Barkley, Crazy. Uh, what else? Jimi Hedrix, Purple Haze. Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. Anyway, it's a few good ones in there. Fell in love with a girl is probably my favorite one, actually. I really like that era of white stripes. Uh, other emails from Scott El Hijo del McAvoy. Uh, subject, tan tan. So you know I've got to read this one out. <laughs> uh, good evening, Paul. As an American, I hadn't heard much about Tintin, but hearing you describe him brought a question to mind. You described the show as a child detective who's incompetent, <laughs> but somehow stumbles into solving a crime. Uh, is Tintin just a child version of Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther movies? Oh. Your description seems to fit both characters. I think Tintin is slightly less uh, boobish than <laughs> Clouseau is. Like Clouseau is is very, you know, uh, like not aloof, but he's very unaware of his surroundings. He literally stumbles into solutions. Tintin's a bit smarter, but he he can be a bit naive, I guess, more so than like stupid. Um, but no, overall, he's he's much more intelligent and much. He does work work stuff out. He just sometimes will find himself in situations through his own naivety, more so than any kind of dumbness. Uh, quick question for the three of you: Does Ric Flair have a match in AEW? Does AEW try and set up a match or a tag match that involves him and Sting on opposite sides? Oh. I I wasn't one of the people hating on the AAA thing. I thought it was fine for what it was, which is the mm. biggest caveat in the world, which is just getting in there and you kind of just squint your eyes and you're just like, yeah, that kind of looks like Ric Flair doing a run and it's fine. Sting, there's obviously been a lot of smoke and mirrors with Sting. I'm not going to pretend he's out there like fucking, you know, Dolph Ziggler in his prime or anything like that. But he still, you can tell Sting still has it relatively together physically. Flair was just about holding it together, doing the chops. I, I, I don't need to see that at all. I'm, I'm perfectly like, happy to see him do an appearance. Love to see him do something with Sting. I don't need to see him have a match. I, I, I feel like, and I also feel like that's tempting fate. Like, God, he's fucking ancient. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Do you really want him having a match and then something goes wrong and then it's on your hands? You know, I, yeah, well, I he nearly fell down the stairs at the play <laughs> show. Well, let's you know. Uh, well, well, Scott, Scott says, if so, which one breaks a hip first? I mean, it's gonna be Flair, isn't well, it? Flair. Um, fucking, fucking Sting's doing balcony dives and shit in AEW. He's <laughs> loving it. He's like, he's he's a spring chicken. And then speaking of uh, self indulgency, pick one show host edition: <laughs> Paul Walker, Joe Pesci, Killian Murphy. <laughs> really 
Barry. Yeah, there, there isn't, there isn't a whole, there isn't a whole lot of like really good famous Barrys to be fair. Barry from, from EastEnders. Yeah. Um, uh, have a great week. Um, well, I mean, of those, of those three, it's got to be Pesci, surely. Right? Uh, Pesci. Paul Walker, he drove cars Pesci. to yeah. his death. Killian Murphy he had a good few ones early on that he was in Piggy the Quiet Place too, wasn't he? And then that's like, what's he done for me lately? Pesci though, ah, oh, Pesci is a little. Little star, gotta be Pesci. just just for Home Alone, surely. Yeah, um, yeah, Pesci, good one. Uh, That's my email. I have just the one email from Scott. <clears throat> he says, "Good evening, Joe. As someone who doesn't follow the footy as closely as you and Paul do, and has a hard time figuring out how player contracts work, I'm hoping you can help. When Messi was released from his contract, um, did he have to stay in the league, or could he have jumped leagues and signed with Manu? Or if uh, the team really wanted to get serious about being good, Sheffield United, uh, if he could have." If it could have jumped to the Premier League, was there a reason why one of the better teams didn't throw cash at him? Would there be a reason why they didn't go after him? He seems pretty good. Um, he is pretty good, Scott. And there, are, yeah, there was no obviously no limits on him. Once his contract ended, you could move to any league in any country. There's no no restrictions on that. Um, I think he could have gone to the Premier League. There are very few teams that had the money to really do it. It probably would have been Man City or Chelsea, and I think they just have their priorities elsewhere. Um, he is coming towards the end of his career, even though he's still probably one of the best players in the world. He's, it's a lot of money to be spending on a 34, 35 year old. So maybe they just had other priorities. Also the fact that maybe he didn't really want to play in the Premier League. You know, he wanted to go to PSG and work with um, the Argentinian coach that's there, play with Neymar, play with Di Maria, play with Mbappe, all of those fantastic players that they've got. So yeah, I think he could have gone to the Premier League, but maybe it just wasn't the right timing. And, and PSG were there with bags and bags of oil money to, to give to him. So that's why it, that's why it happened. Um, Scott also gives us a quick pick one, and this is a pick the movie year. So we've got 2009, uh, The Hangover, Up, <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop, and, Trans- <laughs> and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, not that um, one. Okay. You're not selling the state. I mean, if the best movies are The Hangover and Up, oh, I'm not sure that's the one. Okay. Uh, 2012, Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, Twilight, and Men in Black 3. And <laughs> 2014, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, The Lego Movie, Transformers Age of Extinction, Extinction and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was, I was waiting for 2013 to come up because that would absolutely be the year I would pick. Um, 2014. So 09, 12, or 14... I mean, of those blockbusters Scott listed, I mean, I I, I probably go fourteen because you got Guardians in there. But you, I mean, the, no, well, no, no, none, none of those lists were especially good. Let me sway your opinion, right? Go on. Twelve, Spring Breakers, Ooh. Cabin mm. in the Woods, mm. The Master, Django mm. Unchained, Looper, Avengers, Wreck It Ralph, Magic Mike, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, twenty four. I don't have a two thousand and nine list, fortunately. But twenty fourteen, um, we have uh, Birdman, Whiplash, Nightcrawler, Grand Budapest Hotel, Babadook, The Guest, Big Hero Six. Okay. Days of Future Past, Guardians of the Galaxy. It follows. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Twenty fourteen. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'll go fourteen as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these are some good years. Actually, looking at them. Um, yeah. I think I'm probably going 2012 because you got Skyfall, Dark Knight Rises, 21 Jump Street came out that year. Mm. 2014 is bloody good as well. 
Interstellar, It Follows, Chef, Whiplash, Nightcrawler, X-Men Days of Future Past, Muppets Most Wanted, Love and Mercy, X Machina, John Wick. Oof. Actually, I go to, I go 2014. Right. Mm. Paddington as well. Yeah, that's my emails. That's the emails. Okay, I had none. Thank you, Scott, as always, for those. Uh, All righty. That is a bumper, a bumper edition of the Chair Shot podcast, celebrating 30 years of Joe Towner fandom. Um, So, yeah, we and we broke loads of news on this one as well. Uh, so we'll be back. Uh, actually, I we might be another Monday show. I'm away this weekend, so we may, but we'll be back. We'll be back some point in the next week. Don't you worry. You know that uh, at Chair Shop Pod for updates uh, and all of that. So yeah, we'll be back this coming week talking Punk's debut on Dynamite. We will have more SummerSlam Fallout. I'm sure. Maybe it'll be an Adam Cole update. Who knows? And uh, plenty more stuff. The, the wrestling ain't slowing down. I can assure you of that. So, with all that said, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, We will talk to you in a bit. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye.